0: Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Two plus two equals Tj. Ah, I see what you're doing. (laughs) And our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. What's up? Hush, guys. Stop talking. (laughs) Too much talking. We have a guest this week that I'm very excited about. We have... A very special guest indeed, someone that I know we've been talking to for quite a while uh, trying to get on the show. We have Adrian Hummel. Welcome, Adrian. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. It wouldn't be this podcast if I didn't bring up the weird, uh, the fact that we've actually been talking for 15 minutes before we started recording, and then we have to pretend (laughs) like we're meeting again for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so Adrian, just to let the guests know, Adrian, you were a DJ at Power FM. Uh, for a very long time, which we talk about
1: all the time on the show. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we do indeed. I noticed that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And just from stories I've heard from Josh about uh, how shows and things that they, they use to host, which we'll get into, seems like uh, pretty involved, at least for a while, in the music scene in, in Dallas in general. So I want to I wanna confirm first that those things were correct. yeah yeah okay cool and then what else what else what else do we need to know about you man
2: oh man so yeah i was in i was a radio dj power band for i want to say like six to eight years maybe i was in radio for like a total of like 12 years got out of radio kind of like when digital marketing was kind of taken off and this kind of transitioned to that and do that full-time and uh just really focus on advertising and marketing and and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, radio and music was a big part of our lives for a bit. Um, and Power FM is definitely a station where we a, I spent a lot of time. That, that station will always have a special place in my heart because I actually met my wife through that station. Um, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could, uh, there's, a, there's a cool story there, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I met my wife through there. Uh, you know, we got real involved with the music team um, and would do house shows occasionally. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we were just trying to trying to create community around music and and, you know, at, at the time, Power of Him was a big was a big piece of that. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I'm yep.
0: all about creating community around music. I mean, that's excuse me, if you're playing the CGN drinking game, that's the beauty of this podcast. That's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I know, uh, Josh. I want to I want to kick it over to you really quick, and I want to know uh, what what your history with Adrian and Adrian's house is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah, well, I reached out to Adrian because uh, I had actually been to two shows at Adrian's house whenever you were living in Deep Ellum. Um The first one I went to was a Matt and Toby acoustic show, and I think like late 2012. It was like pretty soon after their first record came out, and they were doing house shows. Um, and I think that was the first like house show I've actually, I, I went to ever. It was really cool. It was funny. Cause uh, we parked and then like where you were living at the time, we didn't know where to go in. And then like, We ran into, I was with someone else, and then we ran into, like, other people that were lost, and we're, like, trying to, like, find, like, okay, well, this is the place, but how do we get into this place? You had this whole little adventure before. We did. We just, like, it's, like, as we kept going, we kept finding more and more people until we rounded the corner, and Matt Carter is, like, oh, hey, come this way. He's, like, we heard that there were a bunch of people that couldn't find it, so, like, oh, Matt, Matt is literally escorting us to your house to see the show. yeah so that
2: that that place was was actually pretty funny because i I didn't realize at the time you know and i was just you know at that time bands were really doing house shows as kind of a way to um i just felt like get closer connection with their fans and i at that our apartment you had to have a key card to get in and out and me not necessarily thinking about you know uh how people get in like i didn't realize that you know there's a a locked gate, and so yeah there was a that that particular house show, I think we ended up having like close to 55, 60 people, you know, wow. in my, in a, a tiny, like, you know, 1200 square foot, not even probably that, like a thousand square foot loft. It was like shoulder to shoulder, like people were sweating. <laughs> it was kind of uncomfortable and I didn't know anybody there, like, but it was so much fun. It was, that was a blast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I ended up sitting on your staircase because like you had people up the <laughs> staircase to like watch. <laughs> so yeah. Weird,
4: so.
1: Yeah. And then the other one I went to, there was House of Heroes was coming through and they were playing at the profit bar in town. And then like, I don't know how I saw, maybe it's been on like the profit bar, or the doors website or something, or I don't know where it was House of Heroes. But it was like, if you bought your ticket ahead of time, there was like an acoustic pre-show at your house that you could attend. And I was like, oh, well, I was already going to buy a ticket. And I've already been to Adrian's house. I know how to get there now. So, <laughs> yeah. so I bought the ticket and then I didn't have any trouble getting in that time. So. yeah
2: that was a fun one too yeah we had a really good time that's adrian were, were there
0: other ones that you did besides besides those and yeah so what, what were some of your favorites
2: yeah so there was a so we did uh we did uh house shows with house of heroes a couple different times so there was another time and this was probably one of my favorites but um at that building so that we lived at, we ended up actually moving to an older building, still in Deep El- Elm, just on the other side. And the reason we moved there was because at the very top of the roof was this huge rooftop patio. And so I remember I was talking to Tim, and uh, it was when Tim and Stephanie um, were doing kind of like their, you know, acoustic
3: couple set, and they're doing some tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. couple.
2: Yeah. And so I actually got them to come in and we did a rooftop acoustic show oh, nice. overlooking the Damn. skyline of Dallas. And we timed it to where it was like sunset, nice weather, acoustic music. And man, it was, that was probably one of my favorites. And then a band in Kansas was, was really big into that scene too. And so we would actually have them come and anytime they did a living room tour, um, you know, we we'd book them and have them come play. So I think all in all we did like four or five, you know different house shows over you know a few years um yeah and it was we still talk about that my wife and I still talk about that because it was such a fun time
1: yeah
0: that's so rad
1: I'm uh, mad I didn't go to that uh that <laughs> rooftop one that sounds awesome I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh, dude I I love house shows so I I want to transition really quick so you know our show is about Christian and Christian adjacent music from the 90s and 2000s. And so I would love to get sort of your origin story in terms of that. Yeah. Like what music did you listen to growing up? Uh, What was the first CD that you bought? That's always a question that always fascinates us.
2: Yeah. So I, um, so I grew up and I was probably listening to more pop related like music. And then it, like pop and hip hop. So it was like early nineties. So you had like, um, like Biggie, Tupac, that kind of thing. And then when uh, alternative music kind of hit the scene, like I just gravitated towards that. So like all the early 90 grunge band, like, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, mm-hmm. Mashing Pumpkins, uh, man, so many like Green Day, you know, like I basically transitioned into, from like pop and hip hop into alternative music. And uh and so like one of my first CDs that I actually bought probably was like the Green Day Dookie album. Yeah. Nice. And so yeah, yeah that was uh that was one of them and then my first intro into Christian, you know, the Christian alternative rock was probably I want to say Audio Adrenaline um and Jars of Clay, I think was was yeah. kind of I went to a uh, I went to a concert that my cousin that brought me to, an audio journal and Audio Adrenaline was playing. Ended up picking up one of their CDs, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." And that's kind of what introed me into into that whole scene.
4: They are so- a classic gateway band. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember which record it was?
2: Yeah, so I'm looking it up right now because um, like Big House was on it. Is that under? Is that-
1: don't censor me. Underdog.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I God. think I think it was underdog. Let me see. It's been so long, man. I have a. Yeah. Uh, I, I I forget sometimes. So audio drilling. Uh, uh, it was probably underdog. Yeah, because I think, or no, 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 some kind of zombie. Yeah, some kind yeah. of zombie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was
0: we we covered some kind of zombie on this show. That's yeah yeah. I think we all bopped it. Great right? one. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think, I think it was a we triple did. bop. We one did. Of the rare yeah. triple bop on the on church now. So that's super cool so yeah so from there i want to transition a little bit i want to get a kind of brief overview too of how you got like into radio that's always fascinating to me too
2: yeah so i i was in high school um and i always saw i loved i've always been a big fan of music i've never I don't have any musical abilities as far as like playing any instruments. And so, but I always felt like it was such a cool thing to kind of listen to the radio, hear the person on the other end and hear that their connection to music was so close. It like, to me, that was just, you know, it was really fascinating. And so when I was in high school, they had like a, uh, you know, it's like your senior in high school and they have like all these, these classes that you can do for like, you know, career development type stuff. And I was like, man, how do I get a, how do I get an internship at a radio station? Was kind of the question that I was asking. And so I, uh, the neighbor that lived on the street from me, she was actually like an account executive at a radio station here in Dallas. And she's like, Oh, I can get you an internship. And I was like, awesome. So she had me hooked up with a local sports radio station and I did an internship there for, it was like, uh, not even that long, probably like six months. And then it was just through networking, and getting connected. And, you know, it's like, anything in the music industry that I've realized is that you just have to work really, 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 really hard and, you know, knock on enough doors and then hopefully eventually one opens. And so that was kind of the mentality that I had. And I just wanted it so bad. Like I wanted to like achieve that dream of being on the radio and talking to people and being close to the music that, um, that I was able to make that happen. And then it was, uh, it was definitely a fun time, but that was kind of the initial start. And then I got on a power FM because this is kind of how, you know, like, there was a, there was a period in my life when I was in college, and I just broke up with my girlfriend. Uh, like, it was just like the trifecta of like things that could go wrong. Like broke up with my girlfriend, <laughs> lost my job, and I got evicted from my apartment. Right, and so <laughs> I'm like here, <laughs> yeah. Brutal. I was sitting there, and I was like, "All right, God, like you put this desire to be on the radio in my you know like in my heart. Like, what do you want me to do?" And uh, I was on uh, Zanga of of all things, and was just randomly reading different people's blogs. Came across Jade's uh blog uh who is a DJ at Power FM and in the comment section I uh I saw that, that Power FM was looking for a weekend DJ. And I was like, all right, guys, this is my sign. So then I just emailed uh Chris at the time and then he hooked me up and yeah, and that's how I got on at Power FM. That's so that's awesome. That's like
3: yeah.
0: That's that's way better yeah. than when I also had that trifecta, I decided to get into stand-up comedy and it didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. work out quite as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. super cool. That's that's super cool. So.
1: Nice. Did you have like any uh special like this is the power hour with Adrian? Like did you have like a special show kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, or? man.
2: Yeah, we did. So we did uh we did the all request show at night for for a couple years. And that was just like all chaos. Like I remember <laughs> there was one time I I was, you know, cuz I I would kind of try and push the envelope as much as I could on on that show. And so I remember I said something crazy one time. I was like, if I get 70 calls in the next five minutes, I'm going to do like seven skillet songs in a row. And like literally my <laughs> phone lines just like lit up. No way. And it was just one after the other. And, I, and like all these people just kept calling in to one of your skillets. So I literally played like, I think it was like 10 skillet songs in a row. And finally I was like, all right, I think we sell this ship. This, I think we can yeah. like take a break. <laughs> yeah.
3: no so so skillet for anybody. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so we did that and then, and then I ended up moving to do the afternoons and did that for a few years and then, and then, uh, we ended, I ended up leaving.
4: So, but yeah, it was a good time, man. That's Sweet. so awesome. What was your, um, your duration at Power FM roughly? Like, it, from yeah, it, from?
2: it was, uh, about 2006 to about 2012.
4: Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I, I want to say you might've been. One of the DJs that was cool enough to put my band on Power FM. I don't know, and I'm sure you won't remember because you probably had all <laughs> kinds of submissions. Yeah, but we we were on we were on Power FM. Dang, TJ, I didn't know you were a big time. I know, TJ, you're burying the <laughs> Back lead, in the man.
1: Day.
0: Back wow, in the day. look at you, yeah. fancy pants over here. When we when we all three were in Dallas playing music regularly, that was what like 2009 to. 2000, yeah, 2012,
1: 2013 2012, so. so,
0: I mean, we were yeah. everyone playing at the door and all over Deep Ellum and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible that
1: we've all met. Yeah. Yeah. it's true. I definitely met
4: Adrian, <laughs> Well, but... yeah, you've been to his house, Josh. <laughs> we know that. You yeah. guys go way back. Um, Josh, you've got the real bona fides here. We get it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so
0: I, I want to talk about the band slash record that we're talking about today.
3: Yeah.
4: So
0: we're talking about Mute Math, right, everybody? Woo! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, incredible um, band. Josh, do we want to do research and then get into sort of our histories and remembrances and things of Mute Math?
1: Yeah, that sounds sure. great. Yeah, let's kick it over to you for some research. Sweet. Well, it worked out. Perf- it worked out perfectly because this record is actually one of TJ's wish list records. So Adrian, and that's what have, I was like, going to ask. That we have correct. specific like records that we like records we want to cover and then we all pick like three or four year that we pepper in throughout the rotation so tj had picked mute math that we were going to cover later in the year and then i like asked you and we always ask like pick give us like three or five records that you want to cover and you just you just like did one you're like have y'all done mute math yet and i was like actually we were going to later in the (laughs) year but we'll move it up for you but it works
0: out because we did earth suit right so we're doing earth suit and then this is coming out like right around it yeah so we're doing like a pretty quick succession
4: (laughs) yeah paul Mini month
1: that's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yep. So it, was, it worked out perfectly. And I yeah. know that you were just like, I don't even need to ask for three. I just want the one. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and it, it. That it was, was all right we one. needed. Yeah. It was objectively the right one. Perfect timing. <laughs> yep. So let's get into Mute Math a little bit. We covered a little bit of history on the EarthSuit episode, but Mute Math is also from New Orleans, Louisiana. Their career is from 2002, from the demise of EarthSuit, to 2018 is when I think they formally... They're kind of still... Paul's maybe still doing it? I don't totally know on that, but I remember, like, they, like, went away or they, like, disbanded officially. Uh, members for this record are Paul Meany on vocals and keyboards, Greg Hill on guitar, Roy Mitchell uh, Cardenas on bass, who was in Earthsuit as well, and the magnificent drumming machine that is mm. Darren mm. King. Mm. That guy all hail the king. can hit some drums. All hail, all <laughs> hail king. Darren King on drums and samples. Uh, Mute Math, the record, was... I found this was... Int- I didn't know about the history on the release of this record, but it was released independently on uh, Teleprompt, which was like an independent record label that uh, their other producer had started. Uh, so it was released January 19th of 2006... But then it got picked up by Warner Brothers and re-released in September twenty sixth oh, of wow. uh, two thousand six. Yeah, and then That's there are like some differences in the tracklist between like the original release and the re-release. And like the re-release came with like a, you could also get like a bonus disc with it as well. Mm. Could you get this, a ticket to a show at Adrian's house? <laughs> uh, not oh. in two thousand six. I don't think. <laughs> a little early. That'd have be been cool though. Matt, imagine a mute math show in your
4: house. That'd I know. <laughs> that would be like a, I know. That would be like a dream. That would be yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd raise it to the ground, man.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Uh, this is mute math's first album. They had released the reset EP prior, pretty quickly. Between, I mean, going from Ur-Suit to the reset EP to this record. Uh, like I said, this was released on Teleprompt and then also and then also on Warner Brothers. It was produced by Mute Math and Ted. Uh, Jornham, I think is how you say his name. He's produced mm. a lot of CCM throughout the years. Jeff Moore in the Distance, Bleach, Rebecca St. James, Zoe Girl, Stacey Rico, Avalon, a, wow. a lot of that. But it seems wow. like it was pretty DIY as well because like Paul and Darren both have like engineering credits and Paul mastered the record. So mm. it seemed like it was like a mute math co production with Ted as well. This is their only album not to chart. Um, it did get some like heat seekers um charting whenever it got re-released, but I didn't get any hmm. official, like, Billboard 200 or Christian. Right. It has three of their most streamed songs on it and seems to be one of their more popular albums, so I'm curious oh. to hear more from more of our bigger Mute Math fans, like, where this ranks in the pantheon of Mute Math releases. Mm. So, that basically wraps up my research. Sweet. Okay, so...
0: I want to know why Mute Math, everybody. Adrian, <laughs> I want to know your history with Mute Math. Why... Yeah. When when yeah, asked for three to five records, why you just immediately
2: zoned yes, in on this immediately. one? <laughs> yeah, so um, I think mute math. I think for me, whenever uh, so I had a buddy of mine who was telling me about the band, and he was just like, "You gotta go check this band out. Like they're you know different than anything that uh, you know is out there." And so I was like, "All right." And so we drove to Austin from Dallas uh, to go see him play at Stubbs, okay. and that was the first first time i would seen him. I was just completely blown away by like their like live show. That was the first thing that captivated me.
1: What year was that?
2: This was probably like 2008. So like 2008, 2009. So it was, it was really early on. It was when they had their first album out, uh, because that's what they were playing. And I, I was just completely blown away by it. And so like, I picked up, uh, I picked up the record, um, and got the band to sign it and still have it, you know? And so. I just awesome. from that moment when I saw him, I just became a fan, you know, like the production the music, the, the, it's so different and so catchy. And it was, uh, that elements of faith in their music, but it wasn't so overtly Christian that like right. anybody could listen to it that like just enjoyed really good music. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And, you know, I always have a, I always have like a spot, you know, in my heart for bands that I feel are like, like not represented well. And I felt like mute, mute math. Never reached their full potential uh you know as a band from like uh you know just getting at their music out in the world, so to say, and so right you know that was kind of a big uh thing too, and yeah, so I saw them a bunch of different times and just really got into their music heck yeah that's so.
0: that's awesome that's as good reason as any man that's so good, yeah, I love that <laughs> uh so okay t j buddy you know, this is a wish list for you. Two plus two equals teach, yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> so yeah,
4: tell me tell me about you in mute math, oh man, uh, I don't uh, similar to Adrian, I'm pretty sure the first time I saw them was like had to have been two thousand eight, no later, maybe even earlier, I might have seen them in high school, but I think I think it was two thousand eight, I think it was like my freshman year, maybe of college, and I don't have any idea what venue this was. But what I do know is that Paul Meany flipped over his keyboard multiple times. <laughs> he crowd surfed. Darren King made my brain melt on probably like eight to nine different occasions throughout the set. And, oh, my God, yeah. they're, they're Yeah, they're in an incredible live show. I agree, Adrian. I think, like, they are so talented and... They're like a band's band. They're so phenomenal, and and I don't know if they ever got their due, like <laughs> truly. Yeah, yeah. They did get on the Twilight soundtrack, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a hey, lot of people dude. that know about them that would not have known about them. Those yeah.
0: Twilight soundtracks like ripped way harder than they had to. They slapped, yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: they were pretty great. Good. Pretty good. It made no sense, but it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but they were on it, and. Yeah, man, I I had to get this one on my wish list because I just think it's like the birth of an era of a cool sound and a and a cool band and Adrian, I'm I'm just delighted that it was what you you brought to the table. It's good kids yeah, met.
2: A- absolutely. So, um, another kind of cool story too that like, so do you guys remember the the video typical? Yes. After an auction to raise funds for this uh, this house in New Orleans, and cool. I think this house was like kind of like a you know as a place that people could go and stay if they were traveling through the city or you know, like maybe they were taking in people I can't remember exactly the whole details but they auctioned off this bass and so for my wedding as my wedding gift he surprised me with the typical wow. bass from the Sweet. from the music Get video yeah so That's that even cool. like solidified my love for the band because I was just like no way and it was all like you know it's just like a cheap bass guitar it's all taped up busted yeah. up but like sure. if you go watch the the video you can tell it's like the the one that's in there so
4: that's amazing that video rules that that was some like okay go shit you know yeah like absolutely (laughs) yeah it was Mm -hmm. next level and i think that was another thing that i liked about him too because if you look at like
2: their influence on bands you know like um you know a lot of people say like 21 pilots have like a crazy live show but you know really you know, I feel like Mute Math was kind of on the forefront of doing all the flips and and For crazy sure. like, you know, production stuff and drumming and, and, and all presence. that stuff.
4: Yeah. 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 I think so. So
0: that actually ties into kind of my Mute Math story. I have one Mute Math story that I've been a little hesitant to share, but I think I've teased it enough on this podcast. It's time. So I fully understand, like, I don't know. Okay, let let, let me just tell you, tell the story. So I confirmed this with with my mom uh, last week just to make sure I wasn't misremembering. But I saw Mute Math open for David Crowder Band in Tulsa, Oklahoma in like 2004 or 2005. Um, So I think because like David Crowder Band similarly had some wild antics on stage for a while. They had Steve 3PO. He played like a guitar hero guitar Mm -hmm. at that show. I don't know if it's just like I wasn't tuned into what they were doing or they were just having an off night. But it was terrible. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It was really, really, really bad. (laughs) And they were trying to do a lot of these like sort of theatrical like Kinds uh-huh. of things and nothing worked. Oh, um, no. And it was oh. really bad. And my mom and I talked about this like for years. Like, remember that like <laughs> shitty band that opened for David Crowder? Oh, no. And then come to realize like years <laughs> later, everyone's like, Mew Math rocks. And I'm like, yeah, but like, do they? Do they?
3: And, <laughs> they didn't uh, that
0: day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it took me like to the point where like, like this first record that, that we're going to talk about. I haven't listened to it all the way through because at that time Mm. it left such a bad taste in my mouth for so long. Mm. And now it's like, yeah, I fully understand like the musical genius of Paul Meany and Darren King. And I'm like, okay, like I get it. But at this point, it's a little bit of like kind of similarly to like Radiohead for me, like intellectually, I get it. I get that they're super musically talented. It just hasn't necessarily resonated with me it hasn't like done it done anything for mm-hmm. me sure uh, mm-hmm. so i'm really excited to like dive into this album and give it like a full kind of critical listen and see if that opinion changes yeah yeah uh, because i mean that's... we've
4: all had bad shows right guys? yeah for sure yeah. like yeah yeah I, I think it's, it's kind of like, awesome I've... that you got to see them play a bad show yeah <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> like incredible it me. was like i've never seen them play a bad show and i've seen them like four or five times
0: yeah, Never, it was like ever. pretty rough, but it was before even this first record. So totally. maybe they were still trying to like figure out. And yeah, it could have totally just been an off night. They were still shaking uh, off
1: the earth suit.
4: Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. Did they play a song called Two Times? I,
0: <laughs> I, I don't even know, man. I was just <laughs> like, I remember specifically they had a Leslie cabinet on stage. And oh, that was yeah. the first time I ever saw that. And I was oh, like, oh, that's that's cool. Cool. like oh, what is that thing? So Yeah. But then, immediately washed away by David Crowder playing a guitar hero guitar. I was like, "Oh, okay, I get this. This is wild. <laughs> this, makes-
1: <laughs> this is more my speed."
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm yeah, I'm excited to dive into this Leslie record. pun. But
1: uh, Josh, I want to know about you. Where where do you fall on mute math? I really don't know much about mute math. I've hardly listen to any i think i listened to vitals for like the first time a, like a couple years back but okay mute math is a band i've always known about i had an english teacher in high school that was like a dj and he's pretty cool and he was like oh you should check out mute math and i think i had like plan b on like a sampler cd but yes. that was i think i listened to it I like eh, it's okay but i never listened to anything past that mm-hmm. and i i just never listened to them i had a roommate in college Shout out to Trent, if you're listening, um, that he was a big Mew Math fan, and he was like the guy who, I didn't get into Mew Math because of him, but I came to like respect the mastery of Darren King's drumming from him, because we would just always talk about like how good, how ridiculously good Darren King is, and so I I never listened, I did see them open for 21 Pilots in 2016, so like... When I saw that they were opening, I was like, "Oh, cool! I like, I don't listen to Mute Math, but I would love to see them and watch Darren King throw down, kind of thing So it was fun. It was at a big outdoor like arena, so I mean, it wasn't like as cool of a show as it could have been, but they they it was a good show. From what I remember, it was a good show. Yeah, (laughs) there is that.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel like I got the short end of the stick. Like I got like probably from everything I've heard from everyone that likes Mute Math. Like I feel like that was probably the one bad show they've ever had so, ever. Man. It was <laughs> really like probably their so. first
1: show, and then they're like, "We're never doing It that might, again." Yeah,
0: <laughs> it yeah. might have been. Man,
1: Paul it had a different band, and he fired everyone, and then
2: got <laughs> Darren and yeah, everyone. New yeah, <laughs> I think they have pretty tight connections, or at least they did it at one time with Twenty One Pilots because mm. they did a remix for some of their music. Like, mm-hmm. if you go look at some Twenty One Pilot songs, like there's uh, I think an EP that got released. That was uh, a bunch of remixes from either Paul and Darren, or you know, yeah. Well, somebody I think else. I think Paul's
0: produced some of their other stuff too. I think he's oh, yeah, listed really? as a producer on some of their. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, he helped produce uh, their album Trench in twenty eighteen. Oh, nice. So yeah, I think they've got yeah good friends.
4: Also, Kylan, I gotta tell you, man, I I I don't want to overhype it or like set you up for failure, but like. Roy Mitchell-Cardenas, like, we talked about Darren King, we talked about Palmini, mm-hmm. that guy, he he is sweet, sweet bass. Okay, like, sweet, sweet bass. And yeah. He he's human
1: sweet, oh, sweet bass. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention him, because I watched the JHS show, and he's good friends with Josh Scott, and so he's been on the JHS mm. show a couple times, like, demoing stuff, and, like, just ripping on bass in there, so, like, yeah, yeah. so, like, a big appreciation for, like, obviously Darren, and for, like, Roy's bass playing, but... Other than that, like their music, I am not totally aware of. But yeah, Roy okay. does lay down the funk.
4: Yeah, he really can. And I, I don't know if, if this album, off the top of my head, I don't know if I can remember whether or not there's a lot of rip and bass, but over the course of Mute Math's discography, there really is so really much is. incredible bass work. So okay, we'll get there eventually, okay. uh, depending but i just i wanted to tease that. Sweet. Oh, I, that love that. I love yeah, that. I love that. I really appreciate that.
0: So, okay. Yeah. So this seems like as good a time as any to do our flop or bot predictions. Uh oh, before we do that, uh Adrian, I would love to know when was the last time you listened to hmm. this
2: record in its entirety. Um it's it's actually been a, a bit um man, probably it's probably been over a year, i would say.
0: Okay because
2: time. it yeah yeah yeah. because i i recently got at my house in oklahoma i recently got a record player and like i got like a little hi-fi setup and so i was i went back and i was going through my records and i was looking at it and i got that record from the show and stubs barbecue and i put it on and i didn't listen to it through its entirety but i did listen to a few songs so it's been a while since i listened to it in its entirety but
4: nice yeah okay what about you tj the last time I can distinctly remembering, remember listening to it uh, front to back was my drive when I moved to Oregon from Austin, okay. which was okay. 2018. So it's been like five years. It's been a while. Wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah.
4: I'm stoked.
0: I can't wait. As I said, I've never listened to it in its entirety. Uh, Same. yeah, okay. Wow, we got some New Math go. Agnostics with some New <laughs> Math Evangelicals here. I love this. Yes. <laughs> Preach, brother. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> let's do some flopper bop predictions. What do we think is this album going to bop? Is it is it going to flop? So, Adrian, you know, we uh, we all have different criteria for what constitutes a flop or a bop. Uh, So it can be anything for you, like listenability. Do you think it's just all the songs are perfect, like the majority of songs, whatever, however you want to define that.
1: Nostalgia, whatever. Yeah.
2: It resonates emotionally. Maybe it makes you tap your toes. Yeah. And what do you think? Is this going to be a flop or bop? For me personally, I definitely think it's a bop. And there are certain things about that album that really... Um, not only, I think it'll stand the test of time. So mm-hmm. that that's one thing I think is that the musicianship and the production will stand the test of time. Yes. And then I also think there are elements of that record that is mm-hmm. different from other Meat Math records. That this first release, you know, like how bands will say, you know, they have like twenty years for that first record, but then they only have mm-hmm. like three years for the second yeah. one or whatever. Right. So uh, like this particular record, there are certain elements of this album that are just it. It just it just goes well the songs just how they're orchestrated on the album the 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 uh the lineup it's definitely one that you can put on like there's very few records that you can put on from the start and then let just let it play and i definitely feel like this is one of them so okay sweet big bop
0: all right i love that
2: (laughs) big bop energy okay what about you
4: tj Dude, I'm, I mean, y'all have seen the listeners yeah. can't see me nodding emphatically yeah. to everything. <laughs> it's, it's a wishless album. It would be <laughs> weird to bring a wishless album, but like, and flop I won't it. belabor the point. I agree with everything <laughs> Adrian has just said, and for that reason, and many more, this is a Stone Cold bop, Man. It's gonna, it's gonna be all, right. all right. Stone Cold bop.
0: All right. What about you, Josh? Where, where, where's your, where's your mind at? Where are you thinking?
1: You know, I think I'm feeling bop on this one. I oh, nice. I bopped Earth Suit and I I enjoyed it for what it was. As more of like a time capsule piece. I mm. think I'll enjoy this more for like I I don't think we'll have like where it sounds like the matrix kind of stuff. Like I think what Adrian <laughs> was talking about, like the production is gonna be like it holds up still. Like I, I got some good feelings about it. I, I really love the artwork, so it's like it already gives like a real good vibe, you know. So Yeah, great. I think art.
4: I'll, I think I'll enjoy it.
1: All right, nice. so we got three bops,
0: and then it comes down yeah. to me, Kylan. What are you
4: thinking, man? So <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: he's haunted.
2: He's haunted by the facts. I, <laughs> I, yeah, that.
0: I know. It's still, and you guys <laughs> know I love the drama. I well, so I've been trying to in 2023. I think I spent too much of 2022 getting my heart broken by by predicting a bop on every record. It's true, man. So I'm trying to come in. Uh, with my, you know, with my standards lower in 2023. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to say, uh, as we say on the show, maybe an aspirational bop. But I I still can't get past that that terrible, terrible, the one terrible show UMath ever played. I don't know. Well, OK. So really at this point for me, I think it's going to come down to, Josh, how many songs are on the
1: record and how long is it? I'm so glad you asked, Kylan. <laughs> he was ready because he's been. I've ready. learned my lesson. This has 14 songs on it. The runtime, okay, here it is. The runtime is 63 minutes, which is the longest runtime we've covered on the show. No way. We Holy haven't covered that anything that's wow. over been over an hour. Free wow. last is like 57 minutes. We've had a couple like 54, 55 minute records. How cool. This is the longest one we've done. Well, I'm going to flop it.
4: I don't got time for that. I don't got time to listen to a 63-minute record. But you're going to. That's the thing, man. No, I know. I know.
0: But I'm probably going to be angry about it by the yeah, end. You might. And you so might. I might have an anger flop. I want it to be a box an so flop. bad. That's new. I think that's new. Yeah, going to but new it flops. might be 63 minutes. It's long. Oh, it's a long yeah. record. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh man! You no could idea. watch like
4: three full episodes of a sitcom. That's true. In that time period, it's and like Adrian true. said, man. It's 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 a front to back. You just put it on and you like gel with it.
2: It's it's like a uh, a, a four course dinner at yes. a fine
4: restaurant.
1: Yes, <laughs> take your time.
2: Yeah.
0: See, right. I'm more of a fast food guy. So
3: <laughs> uh, get him in,
0: get him out. <laughs> yeah. I uh, think I'm gonna love Thomas about half burger. of this record. I have, I have a strong feeling I'm going to like, the and specifically like production and stuff, yeah. I think I'm going to super vibe with about half of this record. Yeah. And I think there's going to be about half of it that I just, you know, would be yeah. fine not listening to it. Without, again. that feels like so, an accurate assessment. Right? I'm trying to, you know, I'm nothing of not self-aware. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to take a quick little break for the listener. For us, it's going to be a week. We're going to take some time, live in mute math world,
3: it's and...
0: When we come back, we will dive right into 2006's Mute Math by Mute Math.
4: Hey, Josh. Hey, what's up, TJ? I, I saw you kind of quietly murmuring to yourself, and it looked like you were crunching numbers and carrying threes and adding and subtracting.
1: Yeah, you. you I was trying to be even quieter
4: with my Mute Math, but I don't think I was mute enough, right? At any rate, while you were doing that, I happened to be browsing the Collide Records offerings of what they have for, for Mute Math, if, if listeners are into that. I know we've been on a Mute Math kick recently. That sounds, I hope I didn't
1: distract you, because that sounds like a really good time, TJ.
4: It was great. I found some really cool stuff. Uh, you didn't distract me at all, but I just wanted to share it with you. So I, I'm sorry to interrupt your Mute Math, but I'm going to talk about Mute Math a little bit. They have the Play Dead vinyl LP. That's one that I've been jamming a lot lately, to be honest, because it's a little more recent and I've been more in the mood for it. But if you want to get get throwbacky and throw on the ancient technology of a CD, you can also get the Odd Soul CD, which is essentially Mute Math trying to be the Black Keys. So that's kind of fun.
1: Oh, I'm looking at this right now, and I am seeing that the Odd Soul CD is also the Australian import edition. There you go. That's pretty that's right. cool.
4: I don't think I have any Australian imports, so you could you could, one. One. you could have one. This could get. It. Yeah,
1: this could be my first one.
4: Everybody wants that special uh, down under flare right <laughs> on their on their high fidelity recording. <laughs> the greatest thing, Josh, is that if you use our promo code. For your first order, anybody that wants to get that a special Australian C D or any other vinyl or CD offering from Collide Records, they can get twenty percent off. How crazy is that? I'd love to get twenty percent off. How do I yeah. how do I get that? You gotta use our newfangled uh, promo code Church Jams Now. Oh, all one word? All one word, man. Lowercase. It's that simple. You know, that sounds pretty easy. It's simple, man. That's a great, easy way to get 20% off some of your favorite records from Collide Records. And the best part is they do all the math for you, so you don't have to like do any oh, mute man. math That to is figure a out relief. the 20% off. Let me I tell know. you. Oh, I was yeah. struggling over here. I, I saw it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm Thanks. just trying to make your life a little bit easier, Josh. I appreciate you, wanted you wanted to to do looking this. out. You're welcome, bud. So check out Collide Records, y'all. Check out what they got, mute math or otherwise, and get the sweet, sweet 20% off using our promo code. Church Jams Now. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome back,
0: everybody. I hope you enjoyed those uh, sweet, sweet ads that we did. We're back. It's been a week since uh, we last talked. Adrian, of course, is still with us. Welcome back, Adrian. Hey, what's up? We're very excited to talk about this record. But before we do that, as Josh was just saying before we started recording, you you teased in part A that you met your wife through the radio station. I don't know if you want to tell that story on the air. Yeah. Yeah, we, I don't we'd mind. love to hear it. We can cut it yeah. if it's boring, but I doubt it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. So I actually used to be kind of embarrassed about like telling the story because um, at the time it wasn't like the way people met wasn't the way that we met wasn't really like a thing. So yeah, so she was a listener at the station uh, of Power FM and I was the DJ, of course. And so, um, back when i was on the air in between songs one of the things i would do was engage with people on uh myspace through the station's myspace page and so i remember (laughs) she was a fan of the station's myspace page and uh and then i um was wanting to comment on one of her pictures but i was not friends with her so then i like added her as a friend on my personal myspace page and we started started chatting and then we moved over to AOL instant messenger and yeah. you know, we were, we were you know starting to chat, you know, through aim. And then from there, um, we, we met up for, for coffee at Starbucks and that was kind of the story of it. And so the embarrassing part that I didn't like to used to say, uh, was that I met my wife through, through my Uh, but now, you know, like online dating is such a common thing right. that it is like not a problem at all. So yeah.
0: Well, and it's such so. a time capsule that it's MySpace specifically, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else has like these dating
1: sites. You're like on MySpace, is how I know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I love that.
0: I love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so great. I I love. Yeah, MySpace and and AIM. I mean, that's just that's just perfect.
1: Yeah, saying you met on MySpace now like seems like so quaint. Like, oh, MySpace. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah, I know,
2: right? Yeah, we used to get jokes about like, did we invite Tom to the wedding and and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) You probably would have showed
1: up. Yeah. Yeah out there somewhere, he's proud that you guys met on his absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, are we ready to talk about Mute Math,
0: the album that we all listen to? So, I usually like to start it off, before we go in track by track, I like to ask, does anyone have any general thoughts on the album that they'd like to share before before we get into it?
1: I found something, a little trivia fact that I forgot to mention in part A, or I didn't know until between part a and part b but i found out the art and design for this record was done by jt daly from paper route oh really mm-hmm. no that's yes. yeah. i thought it was a fun little fact and this is like 2006 this is like very early yeah for paper out too before they're even like a thing really i feel like that's so, cool yeah
2: that's awesome i love so that. i think it would be be kind of a cool time for you guys to see
1: this yes uh, oh yeah it is yes.
2: Yeah, so for those that are not on camera or don't see it, I actually have in my hand the uh, math LP record that I got from uh, Stubbs in Austin. And so kind of a cool story about this is that it is signed by every member of the band um, except for one of them. And I can't remember which one is not. So I got Paul. I think I got Roy. I think I don't, I don't know who that one is. But maybe Darren. But yeah, so I'm still that's missing so one cool. signature,
1: Greg. If you're out there, sign, come sign <laughs> Adrian's <laughs> vinyl.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's Greg. Yeah, now that I look at it,
1: wow. And that's you got that one like back in the day. So that's like first pressing, right?
2: Yeah, this is like 2006 Dang. on oh, prompts So kind of great. back before so, vinyl was cool. Yeah. Right. Right. So I thought it'd be worth sharing with you guys. That's, awesome. Dude, that yeah, is that's so, amazing. We love, Yeah,
0: we're big physical media guys. So stuff like that is always super cool.
2: Yeah,
4: thank you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, we don't. Okay, so I want to start doing this because we, we talked about this recently, uh, maybe on our son's episode, that for some reason we don't talk about album art quite that often.
3: No, we should
1: talk about it. More.
0: I, that uh, this feels like a good opportunity. I love the album art for this record.
4: It's really great
0: with just, like, the studio just packed with instruments and then the lights on everyone's faces, it just, it, it's definitely the kind of album that, that if you don't know the band, but you just see this in, like, a record store or something, you're going to pick
1: that up. Yeah. And all yeah, the members absolutely. are, like, dressed really, like, nice and clean. Like, yeah. Like, suits and stuff, so they got, like, a very, like, professional look. And I think
0: it does a good, it does a good job of, giving you sort of some visual cues of what you're going to get into on the record. At least now for me, like having listened to the record all the way through. Yeah. It, the album art makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Yeah. It lines up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And also now that I'm thinking about it too, this, this, their outfits are really representative of what they would wear uh, when they perform live. Yeah. And so, cause they were always kind of dressed up a little bit nicer than what you would normally anticipate or think. Mm-hmm. And then those, I want to say, these are the instruments that they would use on their live set. So you have like all these, they were really big into like using vintage instruments. Right. And so like they had like, Paul would play like a Rhodes keyboard from like the sixties and seventies. And Darren would play like this old vintage drum set, you know, that was like really, really old, but it had really like authentic, you know, sounds and stuff. So that's so rad.
4: Yeah. They're gear guys, which to a lot of us is like a big deal. And especially for for them to like promote that as a part of their album art it right. like you said kylan it does lend itself to kind of telling you like what you're getting into what in. you're getting
0: into yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i have i have a lot of notes about that as we get into the record so before we do that i want to tell you guys the crazy story i already told josh i'll tell you guys a crazy story of what happened to me today so i have just had a, a crazy week with like moving stuff and and work stuff so i didn't get around to do my listen to this until this morning uh but I did two two full listen throughs. But uh I texted Josh this morning because I started uh track one collapse. I was just sitting on the couch, I was working, uh my daughter was doing stuff, she was playing, and my allergies have been really bad. And I was like, oh man, my like oh I gotta blow my nose. It's like really snotty. And I, I rub my hand across my nose and it's just covered red just deep red and i get the worst nosebleed i've ever had in my entire life right (laughs) like and i don't get nosebleeds (laughs) but it was like it it did not stop it was just gushing from my nose i've never gotten like i've maybe gotten three nosebleeds in my life and it would not stop but i had this feeling as I, i that i'm just gonna keep listening to the record uh, well, <laughs> like, I'm just like grabbing paper towels and toilet That's paper and trying to that <laughs> to this show. <laughs> well, I just had this feeling like, I don't know, because, okay. I think maybe I was cursed because <laughs> I don't know. I had this sense that like, maybe it'll stop if I finish listening to the record. And guess what? On a certain track on this song, nosebleed completely stopped.
3: Whoa. Literally,
0: literally though, for the course of this one song and when that song finished and the next song started my nosebleed started up again
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. to
0: the point to the point where i got i got most of the way through and then i just it finally stopped i had two tracks left to listen to got up uh, nosebleed had stopped doing stuff around the house getting uh, breakfast ready doing all that and then i'm in the kitchen and I, i'm getting breakfast ready and i'm like okay i got these last two songs i'll go ahead and put them on in my ears while i'm like cutting stuff up Nosebleed freaking starts again. What? I am dead serious. I, I am dead serious. It it felt like an actual curse. It felt oh like gosh. a mute math curse. But I know whatever witch cursed me, I know what their favorite song is because my nosebleeds stopped during
1: that song.
3: <laughs>
1: wow.
4: I love the hypothetical that it's a witch and that uh, she loves me, Math. Only <laughs> yeah. one song. The one song, though, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just the one
0: song. Uh, so I had a really uh, interesting, and, and I will say, I did do another full listen through after that without the Great. distraction
1: of losing <laughs> half my body weight and blood out of my nose. Between um, <laughs> this and the pairing of like you seen the apparently one time mute math wasn't on live like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the josh and I joking not that, want you to become a like, i know
0: that's what i'm saying like i've been trying to give it a fair shot but i don't know man i don't know if you math is the band for me
4: <laughs> um, i guess we'll see
0: yeah we'll get into it uh okay sorry for that insane story but it just blew my mind today so i had to share that it blew your nose it did it did man (laughs) it was wild okay so let's just uh let's let's uh put some potatoes in our socks and dive right in to track number one from mute math collapse
1: Yeah, I like nice instrumental intro tracks like this. I'm fine with sometimes albums, like, hitting real big and hard. I'm fine with albums, like, we're going to ease you into this, so. Mm-hmm. I am, too, and it, it
0: feels very appropriate for this record. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, we, we've we talked about that a lot. Like, I'm, I can go back and forth on that quite a bit. It totally worked for this record. Yeah. Uh, you get a sound, like, you get a sense of what, like, Instrumentally, what you're going to get on this record, specifically like that drum sound, Mm -hmm. it's really kind of driving. It's not too long. That's the thing with a lot of those intro tracks; they end up being too long. But a minute, twelve seconds, it's perfect. I can dig it.
4: I love the length.
2: My favorite part is when the vocals like kind of kick in. He's just kind of like singing, you know, lightly in the background.
4: Yeah, Yeah. it's so good. It's this really like vibey, atmospheric intro, and yeah, I, I do think it kind of lets you settle in to their sound in a way Mm -hmm. before like launching into something else which is nice
1: i think so i totally forgot to look up what it was until adrian you said the vocal part but there is a switchfoot song on fading west that like the oh like that's a very switchfoot uses a very similar vocal line i can't remember it's like the big one from the album love loans with a fight or something i don't know Mm. i meant to look it up and then i forgot but then you reminded me so listeners if you're out there let me know which one it is i can't remember off the top of my head but it is on fading west you're gonna get so
0: many tweets about not knowing that josh i know (laughs) um
1: playing into my plan right all right well we got anything else about track one it's pretty straightforward like I got so go. many notes, guys. No. Okay, all right, Just let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Get into it. Just kidding.
0: All right, let's move on to track number two, Typical... <laughs>
1: The most strange song on the record, and for good reason because this song rips. It
2: yeah, really sure does. does.
1: That was my first note. I've heard this song. Nice.
2: This was definitely the standout single for him off this.
4: Yeah. So Kyla, did you when you heard it, you were like, I, I know this song. Was there was there a fawn sensation? Did you realize that it was Mutebeth when you heard it? Like, yeah, it yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It. Okay. it uh, and man, this song is just so good. That guitar tone in that intro is just beautiful. I love going back to like the album art and the whole thing of them using like vintage instruments. I like that everything just sounds a little dirty. Like it sounds mm-hmm. big without being super compressed. Yep. And everything is just a little dirty. Like even the yep. I feel like there's like saturation on the drums and stuff, but like
1: just enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't um, feel
1: too slick. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Like a studio fake kind of production. It scene. feels like yeah. a good
0: representation of, and it's, it's rare. I feel like for there to be such a straight line between how a band sounds in the studio versus live. Yep. Uh, and you guys can speak to this m- more than me, obviously, but I got the real sense listening to this, that this is like pretty close to like a live performance.
4: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I think one of the things I really liked about this song is just like, you know, the struggle that he's having between, like, where he's at, but also where he wants to go, and that tension between like Mm -hmm. being where you're at but knowing where you want to go. And he's like saying, "I know there's got to be another level. How long does it take? You know, to get, you know, to break the the typical." Which to me, when I first came across this record in my early twenties. I was like so relating to that message and that theme because I was just right. like, man, if I just work harder, maybe something will happen, but nothing's happening. You know, right. like that kind of.
0: Well, it makes sense too, like coming from his perspective of like of before Mute Math, even doing like Earthsuit and stuff, mm-hmm. and getting sort of a level of that success, and then just kind of like doing back down and being like, well, how long do I have to do this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If there's but- one
1: word I would use to describe Earthsuit, it would be typical. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, so you
0: get out of here.
3: <laughs>
0: I did have another earth suit note on this. You can tell at one point when he's saying the, I'm just the typical, he goes the tip, tip, typical. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of that kind of rap Rocky Earth mm-hmm. suit thing. Like you can see, he's still kind of shaking that off a little bit.
4: <laughs> yeah. But, but I feel like he found a way to use it in a more refined sense or like a more, I don't know, tasteful right, way. Yeah, yeah. And he, he doesn't overdo it in in the way that, sure. you know, Earth, Earth Suit was like a little overly indulgent in that way. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Overly it's, indulgent, is it? I really like Paul's voice. And he's just it's doing so like a straight singing, like cleans, like, with yeah. like, yeah, it's more refined on this record than we heard on the Earth Suit one, so...
0: Well, yeah. I have a theory, Josh, on why you specifically like his voice that we'll get into on a on a later song. Oh,
1: um, very
0: nice. Oh, I have to I have to mention I have to mention guys, freaking sweet sweet bass, oh, all over the place on this You're record to, to, to the point it. where every mm-hmm. song, yeah, it'll, it'll be easier to mention the songs where it doesn't show mm-hmm. up because <laughs> it's all so good. Yes, and I knew it.
4: Just, I knew it. <laughs>
0: Uh, It's just yeah. cool to like hear something like this where like, once again, taking it back to the album art and stuff, like you can tell that they're like gear guys and it yeah. feels like like almost the way some like old school country records feel of like, you really get a sense that the people playing on the record are just like hardcore studio guys, like guys that yeah. have just perfected their craft and like mm-hmm. know how to get the most out of every instrument and every type of mic placement and every you know what I mean to get the exact sound they want It feels really refined specifically for like a first record too, you know like it's a very specific vision for this record,
4: yep, no, I totally yeah. agree and Adrian didn't you bring up the music video um was that this one?
3: Yeah. 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 So,
2: yeah. so music video for typical is, um, one of those albums. I think they filmed it in reverse and then played it. And then, so if you're watching yeah. it, it looks, or they played it in reverse. they did something, but when you watch the video, it goes with the song, but the, the way that they filmed it is just really unique for that time. Hmm. Um, and you know, I actually kind of remember when I was telling you guys about how I have the bass for that. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. So yeah. I, uh,
2: I have it. It's in. My, I can go get it. It's in my garage. If you guys want to see it, super oh, quick. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. Nice. All, right. Of course, all right. So talk. Obviously, talk amongst yourselves for thirty <laughs> seconds. I'll be right back.
0: <laughs> like yes.
2: obviously, what kind of question is
0: that? Of course we do. <laughs>
4: well, I was just gonna say about that. The the video apparently earned them their first Grammy nomination. Oh um, really? Which is kind of amazing, and it got Jimmy Kimmel's attention, and they they went on Kimmel and performed. Oh, cool. Uh, they did like a recreation of the video. Uh, I found that out.
1: Uh, that's crazy. Oh, that's very cool. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. I know. We'll and so to. you're saying they got a Grammy nom for the music video, which yep. means that's it's like, I mean, most of the time on this show, when we talk about Grammy nominations, it's for like best rock gospel album of the year or something. Like it's for a gospel right. or like this is just a standard like music video. Music video. No like Christian. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Look at that. You can see. Oh, there's
2: the booze.
4: It's like super beat up. It's like ripped up. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> taped together. Amazing.
2: But yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a wedding gift uh, from one of my groomsmen. That's so, so cool. Amazing. That's so
1: good. I always, yeah. yeah, it's so cool to like have that happen because you always wonder where like set pieces go for stuff or like, we're like, Oh, yeah. like surely someone has this, but like who right. or what? But it's like, now you can be like, Oh, people like Adrian have like, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. out there, yeah. who, like Adrian yeah, has fans. this. Yeah. It's just, it's very cool. It is it's cool. in a good home, you know,
0: I know all these years. You later. always, you always like to always like to see that. It's kind of like the, um, what, what was the story? The, the guitar in the beautiful letdown album art, right? They were originally going to just like set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, And then Tim was just like, no, I, I kind of like it. I just, can yeah. I just have it? Let's just take a picture of it. And then he just took <laughs> it. I love that. I love stuff like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, do we have anything else on Typical?
4: Yeah, just a great song. <laughs>
0: um, okay, sweet. Let's move on to track number three. After, wait, after we have left our homes. I almost forgot that.
1: I do actually have a lot of notes on this song. Okay,
0: sweet. (laughs) Uh, Let me just get this out of the way, and then I'll let you run with it. You guys know that I just love swirly backwards keys. We talked about that on Evanescence and quite a few other episodes. I just love swirly backwards
2: key sounds. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's delightful. So one of the thing I I love about this, though, real quick, is how typical when you're listening to it bleeds into this song. I don't Mm. know. And to me, that's just like just a little touch that that makes me appreciate this so much more. Yeah, for sure. The
4: transitions across mm. this record are insane. Yeah. So good. And this is no exception.
1: Dang. All uh, right, Josh, what you got? That's going to refute my point a little bit because I do <laughs> like, like that is a good transition. But my big problem with this is just the placement of this. Like we just got things really cooking with typical and then you're going to just bring it back down for like a, instrumental intro it is like weird interlude? to do instrumental big single instrumental yeah two of the first three tracks are instrumental interludes which is a little odd so mm. i i don't not like it i think there would be a better place for it between noticed and plan b and i kind of think the, the lyrics that they say of when can we start over? It's kind of like a good thematic thing into plan B, you know? I feel like that mm-hmm. kind of works. Mm-hmm. But like the one that. positive thing I will say is that I like when bands name your intro, your interlude, your instrumental, whatever, like a, a cool name. Cause there's so many mm-hmm. albums out there that I'll see, like, that they'll just be like, this track is called Interlude. And I'm like, surely you could come up with a better name than Interlude. Right. Like, come up with something a little more artistic.
3: And right. after
1: sure. we have left our homes, is it like it creates like a really cool, idea or image or like oh where are they going with this kind of thing so i Mm -hmm. do like that they kind of put a a weird kind of name to it so
4: those are my thoughts i get
1: that i'm right there with you josh
4: yeah no i agree i think it is kind of a weird placement i wonder though if it's like they wanted to get that sentiment out there early in the album to kind of let listeners sit with it and then See the progression, sort of conceptually or, or thematically, on the other songs. Oh yeah, maybe if right. you want
1: to break free of the typical, you gotta leave your home a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm right. saying. Okay, all yeah. right, all
0: right. Yeah. And then and then it's not typical ensues. to put. Yeah, it is cool. I will say it is cool how I do feel like, especially for having such simple song titles.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Thematically, I feel like all the songs match up to their titles very, very, very well.
4: Yeah. And it says a lot with a little like, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's one of the longer titles and, you know, a lot of the others are just one word. Right. Um, and no, they it say is a hands lot.
0: down the longest title.
4: Um, yeah. It's also apparently I, I just found this on uh, Genius, so I don't know the uh, veritude of this statement, but it veritude. says this brief interlude references the feelings of New Orleans native band after having to relocate and rebuild in the wake of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Which was said to have delayed the recording process of their album. Mm,
3: okay. So oh, there's wow. like some
4: feels behind this interlude, you know? Interesting. Emotionally charged. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there were moments on this record where it did almost feel like a concept album to, to right? an extent. Like it felt almost a little like a soundtrack to a movie.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring the chaos with track number four Chaos. <laughs> This intro is the most Circus Survive intro that Circus Survive did not write. <laughs>
3: you're very
1: correct. Right? It's so yeah. Circus Survive. Yeah, something that was like it reminded me of something, but I couldn't place it. But you're right. But I had another thing. Like
0: the intro is very Circus Survive in the instrumental parts, but then when the like weird synth keys and stuff came in, I hope no one takes this the wrong way. I got real Linkin Park vibes.
4: Yeah, like, I could yeah. see that.
1: I mean, that's still like the Earth Suit carrying over, probably. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it.
4: And fun trivia this song is co written by Adam LeClave.
1: Thank you for that, TJ. I was going to mention uh, that.
4: Of Earth Suit. Sorry, didn't mean to steal your research. No, no, fresh. I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense. The more yeah.
1: research, the better.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Paul's vocals, He it reminds me a lot
2: of uh, Sting.
4: Oh, yes.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: 100%. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yeah.
4: And especially with this high energy, like yeah, kind of straightforward drumming and like groovy bass. I mean, that yeah. all lines up to me.
0: And then I was tr- his his vocal performance on the verses are so it's so weird. It stresses it. me out <laughs> uh, because it almost feels like like there are so many times where it feels like he's he's on the verge of just being off time, like to the point where it's not. like, is he in a different time signature on some of mm-hmm. these parts, but I get, but going back to what I was saying, like that makes so much sense thematically for a song called chaos. Like it's mm-hmm. on the verge of like being so chaotic as to be like almost unlistenable,
4: but then right. they'd
0: like tighten it right up on those choruses. This is a great song.
4: That's part of why I love it because it like, it, it gives my ears something to really and brain something to do during the verse, which is like typically maybe like a, see what I did there, a kind of a boring section or it could be potentially. Um, but instead he's like finding a way to you use his vocal performance to keep the, the ear kind of like interested and hooked in. He could just be delivering these verses like in a really straight time, like with a melody that's like very, very like run of the mill. But instead he's just like, I feel like Paul's all about variation on a theme, right? right. Like yeah, he yeah. like finds one idea and then he's like, I can expound on this. and mm-hmm. like, take it here and here and here and here. And like, he, he never, he never gets bored. And therefore the listener never gets bored, or at least that's my experience of it. So where you're mm-hmm. getting stressed out, I'm like, oh, that was cool. He like right, held right, that note right. longer and like waited to deliver that last line. Well, when, just I before stre- the course, when, like, when
0: I say stressed me out, like I said, like w- when you can key into what the song is, like I I do like it. I like it a lot. It okay, but it, cool. it is it is more of that like meta brain like TJ kind of thing. Like I can see <laughs> you just like like it takes more work for me to get into it. But when I like intellectually understand this is what the song is, I'm like okay, all right, I get it, I get it, I'm cool with it.
4: Yeah, you guys, this is my favorite song on the record. Oh wow, Ooh,
3: okay, All right. yeah.
4: I wanted it to be something more like, I don't know, thinky or like slow and, and vibey. But I I was just like, this, this energy is the best. And even Adrian, you saying the sting thing, like, I don't know. It just, it's so fun. Yeah. Like it's so, it's just straight ahead and like pure joy. I love it. And the, and the message, like, I, I love the idea of like having, this force that's like grounding you whether it's a person or a belief or you know just a sense of hope in general like kind of grounding you in the midst of chaos i I love that idea i think it's really powerful and universal
2: yep the ending of the song also kind of fits the name of the song how it just Mm -hmm. basically just goes crazy and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. just like flattens out yeah
4: yeah it blasts off and then it just yep unwinds it's wild
2: uh Adrian, have we have we hit your favorite song on the record yet? No, so this one this I went back and forth because I I really, really, really like chaos, and mm. we used to play that all the time. And I used to play it all the time at FM on my show. But mm. um, there was there's one song that I like, and as I was listening to this record this past week, I went through it a couple times and I went between chaos and another one and ended up picking the other one. Okay, ooh, I'm um, excited ooh. for when we get there. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I can't wait. Excited. Yeah, Chaos was in the running for me, too. It's just nice. like, it's it's pretty fun. It's one of the few that I I said I, I did my full album listen today. There were a couple, like, one-offs, and this was one that I, my daughter really enjoyed. She liked dancing to this one today. So. Great taste,
4: Willow. Great taste. Yeah, she does have
1: great taste. <laughs> she's got a chaotic energy about her, you know? She really <laughs> does. <laughs> I was going to, that uh, from you, you know? it's like, like, this is about me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, when when the chorus kicked in, she was just like she just started spinning around in circles
1: as fast as she could. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> That's man. awesome. I get it. I get That's it. the best. This is the most so
0: Willow good. song we've listened to. Yes. So
1: I have a couple notes. My note verbatim is, dang it, Roy. I can't keep up with all this sweet, sweet bass." Honestly, I know.
0: I know. Like I said, it's it's easier to talk about songs that don't have it than the ones that do.
1: Yeah, and yeah. and on typical, I had a note just like how good the pairing of Roy and Darren is. Like, oh, it's, it's magic. Like you, you could honestly not even have Paul or Greg playing. Like you could just have a a rhythm section record and be like, it would still be so good.
4: Yeah, they did at their shows. They would do breaks that were just rhythm section, and it was like phenomenal. And they yeah. would just jam like Makes so much sense to your point. Like it, they did it. <laughs> they did what you're, what you're hoping for. It's <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love to, uh, and it, it really, I really noticed it on chaos and typical and definitely they're more like high energy songs. Yeah. The, the drum sound specifically the snare. I love how like deep and almost kind of flat the snare is. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like most of the time with like, upbeat songs like this like you have a really high end like like high eq'd snappy snare yeah but all the snare is just like it it feels like a vintage like he's probably using a snare that was made in like 1945 (laughs) and it just sounds like a little flat but it works so well in terms of mm-hmm. everything. Like it's different. It's, it's flat different because
1: than... they were using all the normal materials for the war, and so it's <laughs> yeah, like exactly, it's a World War II exactly. era snare. Yeah, so it has like a weird a, tinge to it, but that's what makes it special.
0: You know? World War II, yeah, balsa wood snare or something like. <laughs> <laughs> with
1: fake fake metal snares. It's, it's yeah, exactly. Else.
0: Yeah, just using like zip ties instead of like snare wires. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. It's so good.
4: Yeah, it's it good. really is cool because it's this, it's this combination of like the distinct style of Darren mm-hmm. King and the really unique sounds that they leaned into. Like, yeah. like you said, as gear guys, it, yeah, it makes for a very specific type of listen. And like, it's fun too, to see the, the evolution of like the drum sounds that they for sure. pursued throughout the, the rest of their discography. But this, this kicked it off for sure and it's, yeah. it's a
1: blast. Nice, Sweet. We got anything else about chaos? I have one thing that uh-huh. I've been debating whether I was going to share or not. <laughs> well, you got to share it now. Do you it. obviously it's, have to. It's probably the stupidest thing I've done on the show, but oh, when boy. I was listening, this is just <laughs> where my brain went when I was listening to this song. Is This, this is going to be a real Kylan move, isn't it? <laughs> it might be. I can't yeah, wait. I'm sure you'll appreciate this. It's particularly the line of, I know you say true and my world is false. And, that got me thinking, you know, who else says false? You know, Gollum and Smeagol. <laughs> so oh, my God.
3: I <laughs> came up with some
1: alternate lyrics for a oh uh, chord. Oh, my God. Let's uh, go. Oh Smeagol God. is singing I to Gollum. This. I will not be performing it as <laughs> Smeagol or Gollum. but You, have to. <laughs> no, you have to. No, yeah. you have to. No, if you've gotten this far. Guys, you My voice you, is just not the same today, you're, you No, you hear. have
0: to. If you've gotten to this point like we're too early yeah, in the episode commit. we're not no no, like, no, no i like disagree with that kind of thing do you know? it for adrian man yeah you have Come on. to <laughs> if we have a guest on and you bring up a bit like that i
1: think yeah man, you're contractually I did. I did to obligated to. i should have been playing it cool for <laughs> adrian for uh, i'll just no, read I it go. first <laughs> i'll read it first and you can decide uh my lyrics okay alternate <laughs> chorus are i know you say true when my world is false Trixie Hobbits is making life a chaos. <laughs> I always seek you when precious is lost. Wraiths on wings making time a chaos.
3: Oh,
4: that's great! So, definitely better than the original lyrics. Yeah, I don't
1: think I could do it as Smiegel in like keeping time. With, so, you know, just do it at home. Maybe we'll do a remix or something. But, well, that was nice. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Adrian. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: It started like just seen. like the dumb joke and I was like, uh, can I actually do this? I can make a whole chorus. I did, so it's not like I love that. It's just a little bit That's of a change, great. but Yeah. The, the, whole, time, favorite the whole time band while y'all were talking, obviously. I was like, Do I say I forgot that it was in there? I was like, ah, oh, do I say this or do I not? Like I'm
0: so glad that you Ah, <laughs> oh, you need to, man. Because I can't be the only one that ever makes an ass of myself on this show. <laughs> Don't worry. i got your
4: back here. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Share and share alike. Uh, Trixie Hobbitses. <laughs>
0: Trixie Hobbitses. That was the best part. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Please. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about this all night, though, Josh. I'm going to just... As you soon won't as hear this it, song okay. without thinking about... I know. I, you've kind of it. ruined it for me in <laughs> the best way.
4: It's fitting because Josh brought the... Gollum chaos to the songs. That's on. very yeah. true. Into this episode. That's very true.
0: All right, we ready to move on to track number five? Let's do it. Definitely. Track five. Notice. I can't
1: This guitar line, I was trying to figure out what it was, but it's like almost like Me Without You-esque, kind of like a C minor kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but it's like Me Without You if they were doing like a 60s kind of like throwback guitar tone kind of thing.
4: Yeah. It it also feels a little Death Cab to me. Oh, maybe that's a better one. Yeah. (laughs) But I like that they keep the energy high. Like, Yeah. Just, you know, keeping, keeping things moving along.
1: I, okay,
0: this is the only time on the record... So I I have two things about the drums. One, it's insane to me that Darren King can play the drums and specifically the hi-hats like this in a way that feels programmed. But I can guarantee you that it's not, that it's all done live. Exactly. It feels like programmed drums, like when you can just – Drag yep. your cursor across and just do these like weird rhythms and stuff.
2: I don't think we mentioned it, but he he tapes his headphones on, so like he has oh, a when you see yeah. him live, he has like yeah, this the headset thing. with the click track in his ears, and then he gets like gaffing tape or duct tape and tapes it all over his head, and then you just see him. He's just like tuned in and like yeah, just becomes like yeah, he's one. unreal. That's yeah. so yeah, ran.
4: yeah, it's it's it is one of the better iterations of flow state that I've ever seen a musician enter into. Yeah. Um, and especially a drummer. And I had that exact same thought Kylan, about how like he is a human, like programmed right. drum He's system. A human drum machine. And like, it's, ins- it is insane. It really is. Cause you, cause you could, you could hear it. And if you didn't know that he was playing it, you'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Somebody programmed right. these drums in an yeah, interesting exactly. way. That's, that's fine and you wouldn't fully appreciate it but knowing that that was all performed is the most bonkers thing right i don't know i'm just saying it a, really a, is i don't think he's human
3: <laughs> yeah so
0: that being said though this is the one song on the record that i feel uh suffers a little bit from the drum mix this might be a little bit of a hot take but How so? um, i loved like the the hi-hats in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then about halfway through the song, they're so high in the mix. Yeah. And they're just, they're so tight. It, it just, it, I don't know. It started to bug me, honestly, like, because I feel like that's all I can hear.
1: It's so at noticeable. A certain point. Yeah.
0: Because he doesn't, up until this point at like three minutes, he doesn't play any other cymbals. Right. Like even on the <laughs> choruses and stuff, it's just the hi-hats and they're super tight. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of gets to me a little bit i i mm. i didn't enjoy it as much as i thought i would starting the song if that makes
4: sense mm. yeah the whole record is very like drum heavy as far as the mix is mm-hmm. concerned like the whole yeah thing and this really, is the
0: only one that i feel like the drum mix
4: for you it like took away from the song it took
0: away from from the from the experience for me because it was all i could yeah. focus on cuz it's just in your ear constantly for 5 minutes just <laughs> like that's all I could hear. I was like, okay, this is, this is a little too much, but cause I yeah. think it's a really good song, but it was hard yeah. to focus on anything beyond the high hats.
4: Yeah. I think like, if I'm, if I'm honing in on the drums, I would agree with you. Like at some point it does get a little grating just because it is such a distinct sound. Kind of like we said earlier, like his drum sounds are so distinct. So that can be distracting if, if you know, you don't have anything else to hook into. For me personally, I'm I'm able to like hook into Paul's vocals and and especially the the um or the bridge. The only time I ever notice my heart is when I notice you. I think that idea is like deeply profound. Like that mm-hmm. that to me is is like some of the best and most efficient lyricism, while still again saying so much. Mm-hmm. Like this idea of you know like loving yourself or paying attention to yourself your needs, your struggles, your failings, your strengths because of another person, like the mirroring of like having somebody in front of you kind of teaching you what love is. I love that. Like, it's crazy. So all that to say, the hi-hats, yeah. Also the lyrics, though. <laughs> no,
1: I'm with you. I really liked the lyrics on this. Is what I'm interpreting is like a love song. And right. I, I like that it's like... Cause I mean, with love songs, it's w- like it's hard to do it where you're like, not just like super gushy kind of stuff. So I like that. It's just like, I don't know, maybe like an understated, but like, it still feels like genuine and heartfelt. And like, and I just like that. He's like approaching it from like a different way of, and like you're saying, and like how he uses noticed both ways. Like I noticed my heart because I noticed you, like he's using the same word twice, but like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's overusing it. It doesn't. So yeah, I really like the lyrics on this one as well. This is one of my favorites on
4: the record. Nice. But not your absolute favorite.
1: I don't think so. All right.
4: Okay. Still I think, got well, to I
1: already, I, I didn't mention it. I think it's typical. Oh, okay. Forgive me for being a little typical. I think it is typical. But this is probably my number two. Nice. Two. Yeah, it's a good one. What's that little, like, the, in the verses, the bram, 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 that kind of pulsing thing? Yeah. What kind of sound weird... is that? Is it probably the one the sample? One? It,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just like a synth, like a it's synth, a synth like like, okay. like a Moog or something.
4: Mm-hmm. He might be playing with like some kind of LFO or like, um, you know, sine wave shape changing dial or something like to make right. it make that whomp whomp sound like cause it's one tone, right? It's one note. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that no, was a cool sound. I like when it comes the, in.
4: Yeah. Good, yeah.
0: good texture. Sweet. Well, we got anything else about Noticed? All good. All right, let's move on to track number six almost halfway
3: guys (laughs) 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 yeah plan B
1: This was on a compilation CD I had back in the day. So I'm pretty sure this was like the first Mute Math song I had ever heard. And one of the only few I'd really ever heard until listening to this record.
4: I think it's also one of the ones that is on the Reset EP. Correct.
1: And it was not on the original Teleprompt release of this record. They had another song called Without It and then a song called polite, which I think was like a little outro interlude kind of thing that they replaced those two and put plan B in for the Warner brothers release, -release. re-release. I like this one though. It's real good. It's real, it's real groovy, real vibey. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I would say the same thing. This is the point in the record. Like it, it all started to feel a little samey to me, but Uh, I also feel like I was kind of locked in to like, okay, this is just like, this is a real vibe, what they do. Heavy record, real groovy. Right. Just, Kind of just like chill out it's like a it's like a a, a marijuana list stoner record, you know what I mean like it's just like you know, I don't need to smoke weed, but like I don't need to smoke just, weed when I got a
1: mogue <laughs> yeah it's like
0: I just but I just want to like lay on the floor and just like vibe out to this record, man, <laughs> totally yeah exactly yeah,
2: yeah, and I think the way the songs kind of blend together make you realize that you're not like like wanting to skip songs it just all kind of flows really well kind of yeah yeah
4: my first listen through i was like man i kind of forgot how like sort of pseudo psychedelic they are like they're this mm-hmm. like jammy groovy rock band right but they're also kind of like there's some some twinges of psychedelia happening mm-hmm. throughout and this is a great example of that
1: well then even the bridge gets kind of a little spooky which is fun i like that yeah yeah Josh, we know you love your spooky. I love the spooky stuff
4: <laughs> He called you spooky so you
1: get some psychedelia spooky
4: mm-hmm. this
2: this song was actually another close one for being my favorite because nice. I love how and you'll see it here in just a second but like just how chaotic this song gets you know and to me it's just like so cool to how they just you know blend their like jazz infusion from New Orleans yes. this little instrumental break I thought was so cool. You know, it's just super groovy.
4: Yeah. And the stops, Darren's drum stops in this little, like, jam section, uh, to me, make it. Like, because they could have just grooved on it, but he pauses, and then picks it back up on an upbeat, even, like, where you're not expecting it. You're like, okay, the drums are down. Oh, no,
0: they're not. (laughs) Yeah. it it, This kind of solidified to me that, like, Mute Math, they're, like, such a like a band's band or like a producer's band yes yes you know there's lots of things that specifically if you're like a music nerd that you can just like like hook into Mm -hmm. just be like oh man that's just that's just rad like i just want to do that like this Mm -hmm. little groove it's just like oh man i just want to do that with my friends (laughs) like yeah it's infectious
1: well yeah and tj as a drummer how much has Darren King and Mute Math's influence, like how much does that influence your drumming?
4: I mean, only to the extent that my abilities allow his influence to <laughs> I mean, that's fair, yeah. impact me.
0: Well, I'll say too, as someone that didn't fully listen to this record, it's still kind of insane how much Darren King has influenced how I drum as well.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, it's oh, just totally. like... He's ubiquitous, kind of like... yeah at least for, for people in a, you know, certain zeitgeist, certain era, I feel like, yeah, even if you don't, even if you're not like sort of firsthand or, uh, you know, aware of him or whatever, like he's, he's doing things that really push rock drumming forward for Mm -hmm. us all. For sure. And, and yeah, I mean, I love, I love his grooves and his fills and his, his sensibilities as a drummer. So I would say he's a huge influence for sure. Yeah, sorry josh i i was i was making a little joke but then no, i also no, I wanted it. to answer your question that's, genuinely. Fair, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair but totally
1: i yeah. feel the same way not about your drumming <laughs> but about like about your drumming. other better guitarist's influences on me so. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes sense
0: well we got anything else about about plan b adrian you got anything else about this one
2: uh no but i still think it like it if you go back to kind of what you know the the, the lyrical th- themes of typical mm. i kind of feel like they're brought back into kind of like plan b you know where it's like plan b plan c you feel like he's just paul's in this spot where he's just like trying everything he can yes. to break through but he keeps falling and like his plans keep crumbling and i think that's even represented in the lyrics but you know you, you start to see this theme of struggle in the human emotion that's kind of coming through, you know? And, and I think that was one of the things that I just kind of saw over and over again.
4: Yeah. And and to to add to that, like, I feel like in each example that that shows up in each song, he also has this sort of plea or this like moment of connection or desperation or a request for help Mm -hmm. to, to an outside force, to someone else, to something else. But what I like is it doesn't feel, it doesn't ever feel forced. It doesn't feel heavy handed. It doesn't feel s- too specific either. It feels very relatable because it's kind of just personal enough, but it right. still yeah. stays pretty universal too. Yeah. Like he's really like dancing around or like uh, threading the needle between those two things really well. Yep. No, I agree. agree.
0: Well said. Well guys let's move on to track number 7 Stare at the sun
3: and we stare at the sun But we never see anything there just the glare has to come. all that we'll ever see there and we stare at the sun
0: So this is the song that the witch loved <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Can you leave? I had a nosebleed for the whole first six songs on this record. Ouch, dude! <laughs> just nonstop. I was gonna Jeez. say it's
2: a pretty long no- nosebleed. Yeah, to the it point where like stopped.
0: I was like considering like, you do I need dead? to go to the hospital? Like I don't. So and this song survived. came on, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. I I can dig this. You yeah. can just stare yeah. at the sun, man. Yeah. I like that this is in uh, like a six, eight swing mm-hmm. it switches it up, man. Yeah. Right. When I felt everything was kind of samey, it yep. kind of switched it up just enough for me.
4: It need We need, I feel like we needed that kind of laid back vibe to, to chill out a little bit nestle into yep. that.
0: So this is where I really started to kind of key in to Paul's vocal performance mm-hmm. and where I, I really started to enjoy like, on a new level, kind of what, what he was doing. What and to does, me, yeah. it feels a lot specifically, honestly, more on the second half of this record than the first half. So th- this goes back to what I was teasing Josh earlier. It's very similar, which is funny that the song is called stare at the sun. He sounds a lot like Dustin Kensru from thrice.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Nice. He's got that same sort of like kind of rough vocal quality, mm-hmm. uh, but can still hit those notes like, like really strongly, really yeah, strongly. Like that doesn't Zissou sound like right. a Aaron
1: Dustin mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: It's, it's There's definitely some Dustin Kensrue thrice vibes I got on this.
1: Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. I can, I'll consider it.
0: Right? Think that about it. Right. Can, yeah. Think about yeah. it. <laughs> you, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Specifically on some other songs, but...
1: Yeah, I enjoyed this song a lot. Ooh, see, I was really liking the record up to this point, but Mm -hmm. this is kind of where things start to turn a little for me, I'll say. Yeah, Mm. so I just wasn't as crazy about this. I do like the perspective of, like, the lyrics. The sky is always wondering, what are these arguments about? I like that a lot, but just, like, overall, and I feel like just, like, the chorus gets a little repetitive kind of thing but yeah i definitely have that note on on another song
0: more <laughs> so than this but
4: when i feel like it's it's both to the song's credit and maybe something you could critique about the fact that it's like it is a slower more laid back song and so like the yeah. fact that the tempo is slow makes the repetition feel a little more tedious totally. if it were a faster song right with a straight ahead 4/4 drumming like Darren go nuts you could sort of get past some of the redundant lyricism moments, but because it's kind of like just this kind of six, eight right back and yeah. forth, like you notice the the repetitiveness of it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I get lost in it. I gotta, <laughs> like I, I just, gotta bring up, I think, you know, all these songs are too long.
1: <laughs> oh, I knew you were going <laughs> to have to it with that. They're, They're too
0: long. long guys. They're too long. All the songs you could probably shave like a minute off.
2: <laughs> and be totally okay, and still. get But the how same dare thing. you
4: uh, keep Roy from just like grooving, man?
2: Well, so this is this is one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the song, though, is when he transitions, like this transition between these two songs in the bass. Yeah, to me, yeah. Is yeah. Just the like, is one so of the good. sweet spots, like mm. coming up right here.
4: Yeah, because it is a seamless transition. Yeah, into the next track.
1: Well, and there wasn't a lot of sweet, sweet bass on "Stare at the Sun," right? I didn't right. tell if they, it was like programmed off. or if it was, I think it was on like, purpose. Yeah,
2: this part right here, it just He's makes my ears himself. just explode, man. It's yes. so freaking good.
1: That for obsolete they bring in like Roy doing something and it is it on a fretless bass or is he on like mm-hmm. an upright? Yeah, that's what I wrote because I was like, is okay. that okay?
0: That that makes so much sense to me. Yeah, because uh, I wrote, is that it, it? Like it is very obviously a bass, but I didn't consider it a, a fretless bass, like an upright bass. That totally makes sense. That's so yeah. Great. That was
2: one of the uh the things about the live show that was kind of unique is that you know you just see him playing a up bass. He travels with
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. a lot.
0: That's yeah. a lot for a couple songs. <laughs> yeah, this one is the most
4: jazzy. I feel like. Yeah, well, toy. this was the moment where I had a, I had a, a realization, and I was like, you know what, guys, as cities burn, are my you going to say what you're going to say for Louisiana's <laughs> finest jazz some band? Competition <laughs> of being Louisiana's finest jazz band. I don't know, man. You might, might be giving them a run for their money. Oh boy.
0: I, Potentially. Potentially. I got to listen to the other records. See if I agree.
3: Oh yeah. But
0: yeah. pound for pound on this song. Yeah. I would probably agree with you. Yeah. Okay. No one take this the wrong way. My last note is this feels like hold music for like a really hip credit union. <laughs> 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 right. Like, like, okay, a, like that, a business actually. that's
3: like,
1: yeah.
0: uh, trying like, to be. please hold, but it's like, it's like, all right, no, we have cool hold music.
1: Yeah, like
4: they're they're appealing to the Gen Z market, and they're like, we're cool guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're gonna
4: enjoy exactly. your time while you wait to get open an account with us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would totally jam out to this while I'm like, yeah. Mute um, Mass <laughs> should pitch it to some yeah. uh, some companies that I know. Get that
0: money, music money, man. Yeah, that's it. You'd that'd open that'd up be. a
4: line of credit for fifty thousand dollars after hearing this tune, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. <laughs> like honestly, didn't want you to pick up the phone. I was grooving, you know. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> so there's
2: so there's other parts when I was listening to this record. Um, it reminded me of uh, Blue Man Group. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them. Oh. But man. Just like the, some of the drums, you know, and, and just the uh, percussion reminded me a lot of like Blue Man Group. So in some ways, nice. you know.
1: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I love that comparison. Do they ever do like additional percussion on stage, like where Paul or someone else like will play another drum or drums with yeah. Darren?
2: Oh, okay. so that's that's the thing that's kind of like, and once you see them live and you go back, I think it adds a different layer or perspective to the music mm-hmm. because there are times too where... Like Paul, like right now, like you hear like the the drums, but then you'll see also Paul go from the keys to a drum and then start playing it in sync with Darren. Mm-hmm. and And then all of a sudden they like Paul would do like handstands on keyboards and, you know, just do all sorts of crazy stuff that added so many different elements to the live show that made him really just like different than anything else that you would see uh, kind of out in the.
4: Yeah. And I I love, I love your point, Adrian, about how like it recontextualizes the listen mm-hmm. to the album. Yeah. Like when, you, when yeah. you go to a show and then you hear the album, you're like, oh yeah, I remember when
3: mm-hmm. Paul
4: and Darren did like a drum off or like yep. when Paul almost broke his back flipping over a road. like, yep. <laughs> so it helps you enjoy those moments even that might just in album format feel long winded or redundant. Like, for me, I'm, like, kind of vibing out to a memory of, like... Yeah, totally. That was insane. Yeah, you, you <laughs> it was like totally it brings you back to that spot when you saw them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, they just seem like one of those bands that, with the exception of the one show in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 2004, <laughs> like, you really just got to see them live. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it yep. kind of bums me out that I that, that that was my only live experience with Mute Math. <laughs> Me too man, man, me too. man, I would totally love to just be like outside sweating my ass off, drinking an overpriced <laughs> beer, but like <laughs> jamming out to this song or so, you know what I mean? Like there's something totally. there. There is a very specific like maybe it's like a, a New Orleans thing. You know, there's definitely a, a live groovy aspect to the whole record. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Chooks. Our two uh, apologists, new uh, math apologists, <laughs> are in sync, man. I mean y'all are in. In sync.
3: At least we're All right. consistent. Yeah. yeah, we got
0: anything else on obsolete?
2: No, but yeah. I will say that uh, this next song is my favorite song on the record.
0: Oh, so Ooh, we made
2: it. I love we that. We've made nice. it. Uh,
0: so let's move on to track number nine Break the Same. Okay, the reason I was so excited, Adrian. Yeah. This is also my favorite song on the record. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <dude.
2: laughs>
4: oh. It's, okay, you guys. It's it, was, so good. it was my second favorite. It was, oh, it was wow. the contender. Yeah. So. yeah.
2: Okay, I want to hear why it's your favorite song, Adrian. I really love the lyrics behind it when he's talking about it. So he's talking, you know, just about like the human experience and the human emotion and like, how everybody's different. We have different life experiences, but when you really boil it down, like we all basically break the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. It's
0: okay. So for me, like even beyond that, like musically to me, it is, it reminds me a lot of typical. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of, of similar like vocal performance and the way it all kind of comes together but mm-hmm. the verses are a little more like minor key. And he even does that when he says we all break the, we all break that he does the same kind of earth suit kind of thing that yes. he does in typical. Yeah. And J- Josh, I'll say it again, this one, I got real thrice vibes from this song.
1: Mm. No. Yeah. This is a line. I mean, what does Dustin say in, uh, don't we all bleed the same red blood In uh, mm-hmm. the last track on artists. So, I mean, it's, it's nice. a similar sentiment. Yeah, yeah, but even like his vocal performance and the, and the the the
0: musicality of it.
1: No, yeah, it ever since. You, yeah, you're right about how I don't know if it's how I don't know, can't describe it well because I'm not a vocalist, but like how they like approach or like the way they sing, like you could hear both of them kind yes. of doing similar style. Mm-hmm.
0: That
3: is totally there's a rough, best of right. faith.
4: Yeah, yeah, quality, yeah, exactly. It's but a, it's yeah. so <laughs> strong too, like yeah, there's exactly. a confidence in it. Yeah, this year, oh, yeah. but it's You're so right.
1: That's a good. That's a good comparison, Kylan. Guys, is
0: this the longest song that I've ever declared a favorite, favorite <laughs> of track on a record? Yeah, probably. It's six Ooh. minutes long, which is mostly too long for a song.
2: But
1: <laughs> it could be like. <laughs> yeah it could be like three songs now well, yeah, yeah yeah and on the original release this song was seven minutes and 22 seconds so Ooh. they trimmed it down almost a minute Ooh. and a half from the original album that's
0: wild but at this Crazy. point in the record i don't know i don't know if my nosebleed broke me or i was just vibing out but i was like <laughs> okay i'm here for this i'm here for yes this. It, yes
4: it. <laughs> come to the mute side
2: yep uh. And this is kind of like part, this is another reason why this song is like my favorite uh, one on the track uh, is because like this part of the song right here, we just kind of like, it's more like free flowing. And then when you see him live, it's kind of like, really, I felt like it's just like improv almost like it's like that jazz part where there's, you know, some improvisation between the musicians on stage and they're just kind of like vibing out and playing.
4: Yeah. And, and like, it's again, like, one of those moments where we see Paul doing the variations on a theme, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's like just going back and back again on the same idea, but a little bit different way. Darren's drum performance is killer.
0: All the while. Yeah. The, the, the rhythm section is just holding it down like so tight, Mm -hmm. so tight. Oh yeah. Little
4: flares here and there to like, keep it interesting.
0: It's so good. It is really good.
1: And I, I love how like big and hectic, like this song comes in and then like how the, I don't know, I don't know if there is a chorus or but like the break that happens that happens yeah. continually. It just is so like loud, like with that big like synth bass, I'm assuming. Right. But like mm-hmm. just so like but, wow, but not, crazy. not super compressed loud. Not like
0: a Chris Lord Alge wall of sound kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it still there's feels space. like there's a lot of space yes. in the mix.
4: Which makes it again feel live. Yeah, exactly. Like you feel present. There while you're listening you're like yeah. i could be right in front of the stage right now
1: mm-hmm. that there, there's a little yes. bit of a suit coming in right there mm-hmm. yeah wow <laughs> kylan i'm, I'm surprised yeah, yeah, I know, cool, man. Man. six minute favorite song right, i, I love know this. i know that's a first for me guys
0: that this is, is exciting
1: <laughs> i love that you and adrian had the same one too that's great i know
0: yeah it was, it was just so good man yeah, yeah i I, like I said, it's very similar to typical for me, but I like it a little bit more. It's there. There's because, OK, the the thing with typical, like those hooks, like each of those little parts and specifically that like that guitar part in the chorus are so good. I do feel like it's a little long,
3: Mm.
0: which is funny because this song is definitely longer. But this one, I feel like does a few more interesting things throughout to justify the longevity of the song yes as opposed to typical if that makes sense Mm -hmm.
4: yeah yeah right there are more like varied and stronger ideas happening
0: right yeah exactly
4: i also really love the lyrics like to your point earlier adrian like i think the the idea is really strong and like yeah just resonant Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and what you were saying earlier tj about like it being like really simple like break the same like those are all like it's a very simple straightforward words but like the idea that, that like he can communicate just in that, you're like, oh, wow, like that was a f- very effective use of words. Mm-hmm. like
0: Well done. So good. Josh, very have we good. hit your favorite song yet?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm typical. I'm a typical oh, kind of guy Oh, you are know? typical. You're so typical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so typical. TJ, we, we haven't hit yours
0: yet,
4: right? No, I said it's Chaos.
0: Oh, chaos. that's right. Okay, that so we've hit everyone's favorite songs. Favorite. All, right, All right, episode's so, over. Hey, yep, we're done. <laughs> we're done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to listen to the rest of the record. But you know what? We're here. Let's just do it anyway, guys. Let's move on. I mean, if we're here, we might as well, right? Let's move on to track number 10, You Are Mine. 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 My first two notes... I love the roads. Mm-hmm. This uh, doesn't have a ton of lyrics, does it? <laughs> no. This no. is where, kind of like we were saying on some of the other songs, like uh, or Josh was saying about "Stare at the Sun." This one felt like it dragged out to me mm. a lot more because it's mostly him just saying, "You are mine. You are mine. All mine. You are mine." And it, it might be my least favorite song on the record, which is <laughs> wild, because it just follows my mm. favorite song. But maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe it's its placement. Uh, maybe because Break the Same was like so high for me that this is just like, okay, Like if you're only going to sing You Are Mine for 80% of the song, you could probably shave a minute off of this song.
1: Mm. What if I told you, Kylan, they already did? Oh, <laughs> the song was originally 6 minutes and 8 seconds on the original release. And then wow. it got trimmed down almost a minute and a half to 4.43. How long was their original runtime? Like Like, was it like a
0: Fellowship of the Ring, like, special edition? Well, you know,
1: the original one didn't the have... Filthy Hobbitses? It didn't have uh, <laughs> Control, it didn't have Plan B, and it didn't have Reset. Those got added in on the re-release. So Okay. Well, it was still only like 13 tracks, but longer tracks.
4: I just think it's it's like a little bit of a break at the right time. Like, again, kind of like, oh, God, what's the name of the track that was slower? The 681 that we were just talking about.
1: Stare at the Sun. Stare at the Sun. Thank you. Stare at yeah.
4: the Sun. Thank you. Kind of like Stare at the Sun. Like, it's a little bit of like a reprieve. Like
1: Yeah, but yeah, I
0: kind of, of almost would have appreciated more if they had done, like, after we have left our homes or something, done like a minute, minute and a half yeah. long instrumental Like, why do these, like, then these interludes start getting longer as the record goes on? And I start to, I do start to get pretty fatigued with it. I'm just like, this does not need to be five minutes long.
4: I feel like if we're, if we're sort of uh, pointing back to the fact that they're, you know, billed as a Christian band, Mm -hmm. this is their worship song. Like, Mm -hmm. and and the worship song repeats the chorus. That's true. 20,000 times. (laughs) So... Um, that's I that's how I sort of contextualize it I don't know uh, I don't know if that defends it but but I can like really get lost in it because it does feel very ethereal and like yeah spiritual kind of personal like I feel like when Paul sings it I believe it I lock in with him you know
0: yeah just gets a little too repetitive for me but I do like at, at 245 what I'm calling the space breakdown (laughs)
4: I love it. So
1: good. Total like (laughs) sci-fi space breakdown Breakdown time. (laughs) Paul puts on like astronaut helmet. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It feels like a little like Herbie Hancock for me. Like it's it's pretty fun. I do enjoy that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: This song was written with Dave Rumsey from Earth Suit. Nice. Um, It is the second most streamed song on the record, which I found very interesting. That is really interesting. It is. Yeah. Because I said this song is uh pretty boring. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> how I felt, man. Also, what did Dave from Earth suit like? How did he? What What did he do? Did
0: he add the uh, mine? Was Paul just stuck? He said, "You are, you are, you,
3: you are." Like, what? He's, <laughs> he's like what is mine.
1: <laughs> and then he got a writing credit for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Paul was saying you were there and. Dave's like, I don't I don't think that really connects, you know. You are mine.
4: My hot take on the streams, Josh, is that uh all the like edgy youth group leaders, like youth youth ministers were like, We'll play this song. Right. For <laughs> altar call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You it's good, it's right.
0: long enough.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That said, though, this was one, I think this was the one that got stuck in my head the most over this last week. Well,
0: yeah, because cause there's three yeah. words to the yeah. whole freaking song. <laughs> like, what else is going
4: to get stuck in your head? Yeah, That's you are weird. mine. Like, What do you think, Adrian? Does this song bop or, or, is, or is it the no, worst? No,
2: I mean, I like it. It's, I, I love it. it. I think, but see, here's the thing is like, you know, I'm, I'm listening to y'all's perspective on it. And it's given me like a different frame of mind because I'm like. <laughs> know you're right like this the lyrics are short but i do kind of understand and see kind of the worship side element of it Mm -hmm. Um, but i think to me man like this is i like this song because it is have its moments and it is kind of vibey but i think there's no way they could get away with this if they weren't like musicians like really like you know a musician like a band band like you know, otherwise it just wouldn't fly. Like if it was right, if it was but on I like a DC
0: Talk record or something. You'd oh be yeah, like, okay, this no, is no, way no.
2: too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 out of here. <laughs> but when you hear and you kind of like listen to not not only the lyrics but the the instruments and the way they're playing together and mm. it just kind of this is I think those moments are really what drew me to kind of this band because they're a little percent. bit different than you know a little different than like say like Switchfoot where they're just playing like. You know four chords and right they have their structure and their you know all that and so that to me i think was kind of reason why it's like these little standout tracks that are like longer and more instrumental to me those are probably some of the, little, the highlights where like yeah. when you look at look at typical like typical i think has more of the traditional song structure format mm-hmm. and totally. i think that's i think why like you see typical was like their big radio song because like it fits kind of that radio structure format where I don't think you could really play your mind on a radio station, right. and and like it get the momentum it had because it's so, you know. But different. this is another yeah. one similar to like
0: obsolete. Like I could totally, I would vibe out to this song while like standing in line for a crawfish boil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 Like
1: it's got that kind of live <laughs> jammy mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. Exactly. At a, at a, I love how specific these visuals are. You're like, I can see myself <laughs> in line at a crawfish bowl listening on to hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: on hold <laughs> with my
1: with my with my credit, credit
4: union. <laughs> union. I'm seeing a theme here. The theme is you're waiting. You're like you're <laughs> well, waiting.
0: I, you know, I'm at that point in my life right now. I'm like, I've got a but bunch of things of that are like on the precipice of happening, <laughs> and I am just <laughs> waiting for a lot of things. So yeah, well, maybe that's like just the perfect accompaniment. For I think waiting. so, man. I think so. It's perfect old music. For. All right, guys, let's move on to track number 11, Control.
1: I knew this one, actually. Heard this I did, before. too. Well, yeah. this was
0: on Rock Band.
1: Was it? Oh, oh was
0: it really? yeah. yeah. This song was on uh, Rock Band.
4: That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's what I was like, okay, why do I know this song? And I looked it up, and yeah, it was featured on the first Rock Band, and then it was on, like, the next three Rock Dang, Bands. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, cause I originally looked up, I was like, okay, take control of the atmosphere. I'm like, okay, what other song has that? I know that line. It's obviously another song that's more famous. I was like, oh, oh yeah. no, it's this song.
1: No, it's them. Uh, yeah. I played this at youth group <laughs> on Rock Band.
4: <laughs> that's great.
1: <laughs> Were you Roy or Paul or Darren or Greg?
0: Darren, come on. Buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you only ever want to play drums on yeah, rock, yeah, if if playing playing rock Band. else do you play Rock Band, you want drums. <laughs> yep, that's, that's true.
0: Yeah, this felt... So this is where I moved away from my kind of thrice thing into the more like... Coldplay, U2 yes. kind mm, yeah. of yes. thing. Yeah. Like this really? is what I want, like this is what I wanted Coldplay to turn into. Mm. You know what I mean like how they've gone like cool. Like I don't know, like like post like clocks and and X and Y and and stuff. They've they've gotten progressively they they've kind of strayed away from a lot of the more live instruments and done more of the like synth pop kind of thing. Yeah, But mm-hmm. man, to see a band like Whole Play do a song like this, like in, in an arena, I would, mm-hmm. I would totally dig that. I love this. Yeah. this you song. could also
4: have gone to see Mute Math in an arena do this actual <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I didn't, okay?
4: I
3: didn't.
0: <laughs> it's but okay. my nosebleed did
1: start to dry up around this point. so It did.
4: Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
1: started taking control of the atmosphere. I did. That's right. Told that nosebleed to stop.
4: You said to that nosebleed, I'm calling you out. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Would you? Can I take control?
1: <laughs> I
4: will.
0: The guitar tone is so beautiful on this. I that yeah. it, This is one of the, you know, similar to like Acid's Burn or like a couple songs that we talked about. It's like, this is kind of the guitar tone, like my perfect guitar tone that I'm like yeah. searching for constantly.
4: Yeah, because it's like airy, but it still cuts through really well. Yeah, it's beautiful. The it's line so... is re- very present, but it's not getting in the way of the vocal. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah i did have i do think greg does a lot of like parts that complement what's going on well completely but i did think and he's kind of at a disadvantage this is a little unfair to him but his parts he seems like he's the least talented yeah. member of the band yeah. but it's only the because least focused. he's like, he's like up against like he's got darren king and roy in his band like the of course yeah. you're not probably going to be like the best musician in the band when you when you have two of those guys for his rhythm section and then paul is like a synth key wizard as yeah. well so it's like maybe a little bit of a disadvantage but none of his guitar parts like were like really grabbed me but i fit the, i felt like they fit well
4: the part yeah yeah,
1: yeah
2: so it's interesting that you bring that up because i remember reading at the time there was like a little bit of tension within the band about the guitar being more um just prominent and so like if you notice that like there's not a lot of it's it's really a lot of drums bass and keys Mm -hmm. and vocals in the guitar and then or in the in the songs and i feel like the guitar really kind of takes like a a back seat to a lot of that Mm -hmm. and i remember reading it because i was like when the when you know, this band was, was, uh, live and playing, I would follow a lot of the news. And I remember that it was kind of a point of contention and even some tension within the band that the guitar wanting to have, you know, more of a prominent role in some of the songs. Mm. And I think if you look at maybe like the next release that they had, uh-huh. there are some songs that have more, you know, more prominent guitars in the, in the songs. And I think that was kind of a thing that they had to work through.
4: Mm. Yeah. Which is cool. Cause it's like, I think it shows, a good sort of democratic dynamic mm-hmm. for the band like they, well, they but listen also, to each other
0: also to they that point i out. i read an interview with darren king saying that part of the reason why he left the band was because they started straying away from the more drum heavy sound
4: yeah yeah so yeah i mean that I just, was yeah, that was yeah, albums that, 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 later but
0: right yeah for sure for sure but i i just think that that tension of trying to like figure that all out
4: is like really it's hard man when you have so much talent to pack into one container you know that's the challenge yeah you can't really
1: feature everyone if you have like four like right like virtuoso players it's hard to do that in succinct kind of pop structure songs i feel like yeah dream theater is the only band that could do it (laughs) 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 yeah Yeah.
4: Nailed it, man! But they have and like 20-minute songs, songs, right? Their songs are so <laughs> <short>. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Really
1: compacted in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the songs are so long. Everybody needs to have their like
2: 45 <laughs> yeah, seconds exactly. to a
4: minute. Nope. <laughs>
1: Your turn.
0: <laughs> cool. We got anything else about control? We're on the tail end of this record.
2: Yeah, I would say of all the songs, control probably falls towards the bottom for me, just because. Interesting. Yeah, it, it like I re- I think one of the things I I'm you know, come to realize about me, Matt, that I like is the fact that the longer instrumental based songs, and I felt this is another radio format song. It's, where it's definitely like, a very radio song. Yeah. So yeah. I think for me, it just kind of like falls a little bit because those other ones are kind of rising to the top. Still a great song. I'll listen to it. But, you know, on my list of like one to 14 or whatever, it's probably near the bottom. Very yeah, it definitely
1: does feel a little more formulaic. And it was on their reset EP and was not on the original release, but then was added for the re-release. So maybe that's right. Maybe they were like, yeah, we don't want to do it again. And then Warner Brothers, you like, know what? Put it on I, I do appreciate that they had
0: their, you know, they didn't just like front load the album with mm-hmm. the radio
4: hits. You know yeah, what I mean? The sequencing like, was good. Like it was very balanced. Yeah. And the fact with that re-release that they were like, let's like have some rise and fall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Okay, well, let's move on to track number 12, Picture. I picture me,
2: so... This song is five and a half minutes long.
4: Alan, <laughs> is it too long? You
0: wish it was longer. Here's the wild thing, guys. This was this is my second favorite song on the record. Nice, really interesting. It was That's almost awesome. my favorite until until I did one last listen through, and hmm. I had to pick "Break the Same." But this is pretty close. Yeah, why? Cool. I what don't know, man. It? There, there's like. I don't know, it it feels kind of similar to Control. Like it's that very anthemic kind of like Coldplay, later U2 kind of thing. Yep. But it feels like I don't know, everything just feels really tight. Once again, very like Dustin Kensrue like vocals.
4: I especially love the drum sounds on this one. Mhm. Like that snare features really yeah. heavily and it sounds so fat and just like Yeah. His, his performance is pushing the song along in yep. such yep. an interesting way.
2: So this is actually one of my favorite ones. I'd probably say number two for me. Um, God, Adrian, we're
0: on the same page. That's wild yeah, because, because anyone that has listened to any amount of this show knows that I hate long songs and yeah. I hate yeah. long <laughs> records. And two of the longest on this record are like two of my favorites. I love
4: that. Yeah, you're yep. subverting all of our expectations, man. Good job, That's what I do, man. That's what
2: and I, do. I think one of the reasons why is you know going back to some of the lyrics that he was wrote, he was you know he wrote like you know he's obviously talking about like a past relationship that didn't work out, mm-hmm. or maybe he's talking about somebody that you know is no longer in his life. Um, but you can kind of see like you know the 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 lyric of "I picture you and me always," which mm-hmm. is kind of like future forecasting. But then he goes back and he says, and in this photograph, we're safe. So meaning that like, you know, whatever was happening didn't work out. And now, but in this moment with this photograph in this frame, it's always encapsulating like that, that relationship. And to me, I was just like the first time I heard it and I was like looking at reading the lyrics. I was just like, it's to me, it was like really a cool way to capture a feeling in such a short span of lyrics.
4: Absolutely. It's really profound because it's like yeah. everyone can relate to that. That that mm-hmm. moment of like nostalgia where you see a picture of yourself with someone who's not around right now or not in your life anymore for whatever reason, and like the grief and loss you might feel, yeah. but then also just like the appreciation and the gratitude mm-hmm. of having that moment and having the memory of that moment. And so he really does like so simply give this powerful image to us with a lot of nuance. Like holding both the loss and the gratitude.
0: It's, it's wild to me. And I think like, even though TJ, you were saying on the last track, like the, the sequencing of this album was so good. Mm-hmm. I feel like this song kind of suffers because I mean, if we just look at, at streaming numbers, this is the second uh least streamed song on the record. Mm-hmm. It's one of only three that hasn't even hit like a million listens.
4: Yeah, it's it's definitely a deep cut. Yeah, yeah
0: but it's so good. It's so yep. good. And I want more people to listen to it.
1: <laughs> I think it may have just been unfortunate timing where it came out, you know, a couple months after Photograph by Nickelback came out.
3: <laughs> no, like I, I heard this song
1: and I was like, When did Photograph by Nickelback come out? And it I'll was take just. it was like three or four months before <laughs> this song. Like the single release of Photograph was August two thousand five. Then the C D All the Right Reasons was October 2005 and this came out in January 2006 so I was like Nickelback beat you by that much guys like you're so (laughs) close you're almost there you almost had the definitive picture song you're telling
4: me that all these people listen to Nickelback and then listen to Mew and they were like it's derivative
1: (laughs) yeah they're like I "I
4: already got a picture song on this episode
1: (laughs) you are bringing real Kylan energy I love
3: it because you're liking
1: long songs I gotta gotta
0: (laughs) I I know it is true like it does all balance out Somehow, somehow, every time we record, it balances out to some degree.
1: (laughs) A little music trivia for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do love that. I do love that. They probably heard that song on the radio, and they're like, "Man, if Hurricane Katrina hadn't already hadn't hit New Orleans, our song would already be out, and people would be listening to that."
0: Insane! Oh you are unhinged. <laughs> and next, you're just going to compare the next song to some obscure movie from the 60s that no one has ever heard of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we ready it. to move on? We got two tracks left. Yep. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Track number 13, Stall Out.
1: Another long song. Kyle's given a lot of credence to some long songs on here, but you always say that you are willing to indulge a long song if it's the last song on the record. Yeah, but
0: this so, isn't the last song on the record. This song is too long. No song <laughs> needs to be seven minutes.
1: No yeah. song ever needs to well, be seven minutes long. it was the original closing song on the original teleprompter version.
0: Okay, I could so, dig that.
1: So they Ooh. they intended it as the final closing track. So what's interesting too is on my record
2: is that this is the last song on it. Oh, really? Yeah. So reset is basically kind of like the hidden bonus gem of Mute Math, especially if you see him live, and we'll probably yes. hear it in a second. But yeah, I was I was looking at my record when we were talking and I realized that reset's not on here, which now mm-hmm. I feel kind of cheated because
4: <laughs> Yeah, no kidding.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. If this was the last song on the record, I would be totally fine with it being seven minutes. Cool, but it's not. I, I kind of it's viewed not. it
1: as the last song, and then Reset well, was like, a, reset like a is kind of an, it's a mostly thing. instrumental. Yeah, so it's like the yeah. it's like the credit song. You know, this is closing yeah. out the movie. So
0: how the hell does Reset, a five and a half minute, essentially instrumental track, have over two million streams on Spotify?
4: Because it was on the EP. Okay. Because... We'll get, okay.
0: Okay. We'll We'll get to it when When, when yeah. we get there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you asked the question, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. My only note was there. There's no reason for a seven minute song.
1: When it's the last song, it's fine. Yeah,
0: but it was similar to me as like break the same versus you are mine. I'm like I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Th- this didn't need to be so long.
1: I get that. I did like this as like a nice way to wind down the record. Like it takes its time mm-hmm. and it's got some space to it, so I liked it. I enjoyed it. I like whenever like I guess the bridge of the, when he's singing "We're still far from over" and then the piano line that comes in at like five fourteen. So I feel like, yeah, it, even though like it's not like the true closer on the record, it felt like it was to me.
4: So, mm-hmm. Right. I agree. And I especially love that outro, Josh, The we're still far from over. Mm -hmm. And, and, and again, Adrian, to your point earlier, like this is one of those moments where they get to showcase their kind of jammy jazzy chops. And yeah, that space gives them that opportunity.
3: It is a
0: good groove, man. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm fine (laughs) with
2: being wrong. I'm fine. I feel like it's a good way to kind of wrap up some of the, The tension that he was talking about in the record, you know, from like typical and chaos and plan B and, you know, break the same. And then it's like the way he wraps it up, it's like we're still far. We're still far, you know, from over. It's kind of like that, like even though things are, you know, maybe not where we want to be and, you know, it's hard and we're in the struggle. But we still got some some hope.
4: Yeah, there's hope for, for a future. Yeah, totally. And then as that shifts into reset, like that's a further Mm -hmm. sort of underline of that idea of like, we, we have, we have a chance.
1: Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah,
4: And I really think that was an intentional move because they start the record with a song called collapse. Right. And then track four is chaos. Like early on, there's this, there's this real, like you said, Adrian, like a lot of the focus on that tension and just kind of chaotic energy. And, and doubt maybe but then like they land the plane with a lot of hope and a lot of like vision ahead mm-hmm. and yeah i mean it is cathartic it's it it hits me at least even now after having heard this yeah. album for years and years and years over and over again it's still definitely i don't know leaves me with a positive feeling
0: yeah Okay, all right, guys. All right, it is a really good song. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Got him. Got him.
0: It is. It is a good song. Uh, although this is where my my nosebleed started up again. <laughs> well, that was the nosebleed reminding you it's it was, not over. It was reset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not over. Yeah, that's true. All right, guys. We have one more track. Are we ready to do the last track?
1: Yes. Oh, we yeah. do a
0: track fourteen
3: reset.
2: Will say to really appreciate this song you have to have seen him live there's yeah. no other way around it it is like one of those things where it's like if you're not a fan of mute math after you know when you see this song live you become a fan of mute math because there's a special instrument and I don't even know what it's called that he saves to the very end of the show for this particular song yep. and he breaks it out and everybody's like what is that instrument that he has in his hand?" And it's some weird contraption that he made. It's like a homemade instrument.
4: It almost looks like a guitar, and like a guitar hero guitar had a baby. Yeah. But way cooler. Because <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound cool.
3: Yeah.
4: But this actually <laughs> yeah, is Thank You for making cool.
1: that clear, DJ. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. No, I get it.
1: Important distinction.
4: Yeah. And especially the way he plays it. I think, did he build it, Adrian? I think he did, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying.
2: It's like something he made, homemade.
4: Which goes back to our point about them being gear guys and like a band's band. Like only a band's band has a front guy who built an instrument, waits until the encore or the end of the show to bust it out and just blow everybody's minds. Yep.
1: Did they close their set with this song?
4: Yep. Most of the time. Okay,
1: Okay. all right. So this is like the song that everyone's like, yeah, he – they're closing out the show with this song. Okay.
4: Yeah. And where you feel like maybe it sort of slumps when you're listening to it, I don't know, whatever they're doing live when they play this song is blowing your mind at that same moment.
0: Well, so I thought too, I thought originally these drums are definitely programmed, but then I started thinking, I think they just like gated everything. Yep. And it's yeah, just, it's exactly real drums, happened. but it's just like everything is so
4: isolated. <laughs> yep. So wild. I, th- I i mean, I think so. I, I'm fairly confident because that's always how I felt. I wondered at first, but the more I listened to it, I'm just like, no, they just like.
1: It would be a travesty to have Darren King in your band and program some drums. like Yeah.
4: Right? And especially because he goes hard when he plays this song live.
1: Especially because this was like. On the reset EP, of course, like this was one of the first things they did. So I would be surprised if they're like, "Oh, we got a new drummer. Here's some fake drums. (laughs) Here's (laughs) some fake drums." (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, This is like, man, hearing this is bringing back so many memories of seeing them live. Because, like, right now, Paul just went and he has like, I don't even know what it is because I'm not, I'm not a musician, right? Like you guys are, but I like see stuff and I appreciate it. So it's like right now, there's like this soundboard that he's getting ready to play where he has like effects you know, kind of looping through and he's playing with oh, pedals yeah. to get the feedback from like, you know, the instruments.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He plays pedals basically for, for a while, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, so as, I just think it's a bold move. <laughs>
2: like I'm going to as a musician, like break that down and explain to me, how does that work? Cause all I know is it's like, you, you know what, as a musician,
0: I'm not on the level of Paul I could not. Yeah. I mean, it's Anything just we like, say is, is going to some pale in comparison alchemic music wizardry
4: for sure but i do sure. <laughs> think i feel like he probably gets a tone from his synthesizer just like a constant note and then m- just yeah just modulates it and plays with it and tweaks it with all like these right here pedals. you hear that in the background like he's like
1: messing mm-hmm. with these pedals you can do that with like delay pedals on like Get into like uh, like the feedback, and you can kind of control that, like the oscillating of a delay pedal, right. like where you're playing with that a lot, and like moving the times back and forth to make it yeah. swoosh.
4: And he, I feel like he plays with a lot of like sine wave stuff. Like he like changes the shape of the wave that is coming out of the synthesizer, and that's what gives you all these wonky, right. bonkers sounds. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just like enrapturing when you watch him do it. Cause he, you can tell he's having the time of his life.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the cool thing about that is, like, it's probably going to be a little bit different every time they play it because they're doing it live. So like, it won't be an exact replication of like what the night before was. Because maybe he's like waiting half a second longer to twist this knob, or maybe he doesn't turn it as much, and so like it, all those little things create an entire different, entirely different performance each night, which is cool. Which stresses me out as a musician. I want to be like, you know what? I want to hit this pedal and know it's going to sound like this. I don't want to be right. like, oh, did I change my pedal settings back from the night before? Is it going to be weird when I turn them on kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I respect it though.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it honestly, it, it kind of reminds me of um, the Chemical Brothers and specifically the, uh, yeah. the Fight Club soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that kind of like you can, Just like there's a little bit of chaos, like right on the verge, like it's a lot of like not necessarily like programmed stuff, but it seems like there's this track that the song is going on and it always just kind of like ebbs and flows like it's going to maybe get off the rails, which as a live performer, Josh, I totally understand why that stresses you out, but (laughs) I kind of really love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. No, it's fun.
0: Well sweet guys, we did it. We listened we to all done of it. Mute Math by Mute Math. So it comes down to this, our flopper bop final verdicts. So let me know if there are any objections to this, but I've thought about the order in which we want to do this. I object. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think TJ should go first. Then Adrian, then Josh, then me. Okay. We go cool with that?
4: Yeah. For me, it is a stone cold slap and bop, y'all. That, okay. that, that album goes hard. I don't think that was a surprise for anybody. No, but, not at all. No, uh, but yeah. It's nice to yeah. say it out loud.
2: <laughs> for sure. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the same thing. It's an absolute bop. I still think it holds a test of time, even though it came out in 2006, coming up on 20 years in a few years. Yeah, so. man. You can Adrian. put this up against anything today, up top, dude. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Apologists
4: unite. Yes. All right. Yeah. I'll, of I'll, course. We it.
0: knew. We knew you guys were going to be a <laughs> yeah,
4: united yeah,
1: front. <laughs> I'd be sad if you listened to this record and then flopped it. Be like, I love <laughs> this record, but I, I think I have to flop it. I'd be, be gutted, man. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time on this
0: show, to be honest. Nope.
1: So, and it won't be the last. Uh,
0: okay, Josh. Josh, I'm I'm very
1: curious how you landed. On this record, I had a lot of ups and downs with this record. Um, When Hmm. I first started in the first half of this record, I was grooving. I was like, "Yeah, all right." And then, kind of stare at the sun hit, and then it went into it. Stare at the sun became a ten-minute song with obsolete, basically. And then I don't know. I I wasn't as big into some of the other songs later in the record that y'all were like. Picture. I was not. Which is wild because you're usually a side B guy. I normally am. That's surprising. I don't think I was this time. So I was a little worried, and I definitely was like, I don't know if Kylan's going to really like this because the songs are so long. <laughs> you and I just flip-flopped, though. We did, we did. <laughs> so I w- I, those were my initial experiences. I went back, and I did find some interesting... I, I found that I liked more songs on Side B than I originally thought that I didn't like. Mm. So I... Don't know if I would call myself a Mute Math convert at this point, but I'm going to give this one a bop.
4: Yeah. It's not a huge bop,
1: okay. but I will give it a bop. But it's there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's right. barely over the line. There's more I'll to like that.
4: than dislike. All right. Cool. I love hearing that. Um, Okay.
1: Is it my turn? It is. You know it. Okay. I will say I did not expect you to enjoy this record so much, Khan, but from our conversation, <laughs> it seems like you've enjoyed it a lot.
0: Well, okay, but hold on. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> I was expelling my body weight in blood throughout my first <laughs> listen of this. So can your opinion so really be trusting? I might have gotten a little lightheaded. Um, <laughs> okay, so before I get into my flopper Flopperbop, um, I will say there was enough on this record that made me think about listening to some other mute math. So I was like, okay, Armistice, that came out when we were in college. I was like, okay, I'm going to give that a listen through. I'm going to see if like, you know, see if it's just the blood loss or if I'm like into this band, right? Uh, I listened to The Nerve, the first track on, on mm-hmm. Armistice and thought, oh, no, not for me.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: I don't enjoy that song at all. Uh, so I just had to get that out there. That being said, some of these songs are really, really, really long, but I think about halfway through, I kind of clicked into the whole like vibey, groovy, jazzy nature of the record. And so for Mm. me, you know, my criteria is, do I think I'll find myself listening to this record at some point within the next year? There is uh, honestly quite a bit of this record that I think I would maybe skip but there's enough on this record that I just really just keyed into what the rhythm section was doing and Paul's vocals. I think if I don't listen to it as hard as I do, like on this show, if I just kind of put it on, uh, you know, pretend to smoke some weed and just like (laughs) lay on the floor and vibe out. Yeah. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. You know, as the resident vibe guy, Even with a record this long, there are enough just vibes (laughs) on this record. That yeah, I kind of really enjoyed it. Uh, So I'm gonna give it a a a flop, a vibe, or no, not flop. Oh Oh my god, I'm sorry,
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That That would be the
0: craziest coaster, man.
2: All that (laughs) buildup, a
0: bop, a bop. (laughs) I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought halfway through that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna give it a bop. (laughs) A oh, quadruple, I'm gonna give bob. it a vibe. A
3: quad a vibe bob. bob.
0: Yo. Yeah, dude. A quad, quad bob. bob. That's that. red.
4: Nice. Amazing. Kylan. What? What? Are you so never, excited Never right mind. Now? No, I yeah, no, you, I'm just I'm I'm just so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: all.
0: Yeah, because you guys know I'm not usually the one for long records, for right. a ton of songs, for especially really long songs. But like I said. I there's no other band that I've really seen such a straight line between mm-hmm. the album performance and what I feel like is a live performance. Yeah. Um, it really came through on this. There was enough variation that I could just kind of, you know, put it on and jam out, have a good time. So I got to say, TJ and Adrian, thank y'all for making me reconsider my, yes. my uh, thoughts on mute math based on yeah. one terrible show. They played in Tulsa uh, <laughs> 20 years ago.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, man. Yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> thanks. thanks.
1: <laughs> you did it. You got two more yeah. members. That's
0: yeah, right. For real.
1: For real. Y'all did it. Oh,
0: I can't believe we all bought it. So That's so rare.
4: Yeah, yep. I know. I love that. Also, Kylan, uh, I want. I want to tell you. I was. I was looking really quick. I was doing a little Google, try to find the name of that instrument that Paul invented. Um, mm-hmm. I could not find it. But as I was researching, I did find this that I think you'll find highly interesting. In 2003, Paul Meany collaborated on an LP entitled "Elevator Music." <laughs> Released by Victory Fellowship Church prior to Hurricane Katrina and was later used as a fundraising initiative to support victims of the hurricane. There you go. So he's got the music vibe. It's feeling
0: your like hold music thing. Yeah, it's there. This is it is the it is the coolest hold music I've ever heard.
4: Yeah. Maybe, maybe Mute Math is Louisiana's finest hold music band. Mm, I love that. All right. (laughs) I love that. I'm here for that.
0: Sweet. Okay. So I think. We're about to wrap it up. So, Adrian, do you want to? Is there anything you want to promote, tell people about? Do you want people to follow you online? Do you not? Do you want to be left alone? I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like know. I fully
1: understand and respect both. <laughs> do you have an Instagram account that's just pictures of your mute math base that you want people to follow? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you should, free do to that. You should
0: start a TikTok that's just the mute math base moving uh, with you. In d- different parts. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way people no, do man. like,
0: like their dogs, it's just like know, right? beautiful sunsets. And it's just the base, <laughs> just the base.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if people want to follow me, I'm just, it's at Adrian Hummel on Instagram. Um, but you know, I mainly post some pictures of family life, kids. It's kind of what I'm into these days. Um, also though, uh, shows and stuff whenever we go to that, I'm still doing, um, some, some concerts and stuff. So, you might catch some pictures of that, but, um, but yeah, man, I think I think that's it. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, let me hop on with you guys in the podcast and and hang out for a bit. And it has been fun to kind of reconvene and and listen to some great music and, and talk about it. So, yeah, man,
4: yeah. it's our pleasure. Yeah, thanks yeah, for coming on. This is super, super fun. fun. We greatly yeah.
0: appreciate it. So, I will give our little spiel. Uh, if you like this, we have more bonus content on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcasts. And follow us on all the socials at Now. Of course, may all your favorite bands stay together. And peace out. Mon